Welcome to episode 13 of Both Down, the number one Blood Bowl podcast that has returned with their own show. That's right, no longer 3 die block controlled. I'm your co-host, Steve, a.k.a. Kilowangi. And I... Okay, fine. Speak for yourself. Fine. I'm just going to jump in here. I'm excited. I guess. I am Scott Prime. Well, good for you. (laughs) How's it been going? It's been going good, Steve. How are you doing? Not bad. Getting frustrated with cyanide. Why is that? You must Uh, be losing. Well, I I did... I'm on uh, the Slurpcast League. I did really well first couple of games. Yeah, I thought you told me you were doing good. Well, yeah, the actual Scorchers... Did really well the first two games, and then I just had horrible luck. So you went with Amazon? Yeah. Somebody told I, – I did see on uh, the forums, Slurpcast forums, where I guess your stat line was like death, death, casualty, casualty, yeah. KO, KO, KO. The last game I played <laughs> – Or something like that. I took an extra apothecary, and he wound up – I was playing against Nurgle. He wound up killing a line woman with no skills, just like straight off. I was like, well, I'm not going to do it on her. And then he killed another one. I'm like, well, I'm not going to use it on her. She doesn't have any skills either. And then he took down one of my blitzers with seven movement. I was like, crap. Okay. Dead, apothecary, or minus one agility. Nice. Hmm. I guess I'll take the minus one agility. (laughs) That's a good apothecary. Yeah. He brought her back to life. Yeah. That's a lot of death. (laughs) It It didn't go well. So you got pounded, huh? Yeah. Well, Not as bad as the tabletop league with the dark elves, but bad. <laughs> well, if uh, your asphalt scorchers do like they did in our tabletop league, then next season you should win it all. That's very true. You've been playing any, any fumble or anything? I have not, actually. The uh, Highlander 2 league I was in uh, dried up and is no longer even an option because uh, – I guess the guys over at Three Die Block that were, were running it, they asked for some other people to be the, you know, managers and commissioners of the league, and nobody stepped up. So that that dried up, and then wow, Three Die Block fans suck. No, they have another no. league. I mean, they said we could um, get on the waiting list for their Highlander One league. Oh, okay. So we were like the, a backup. We league. were like the extra league. So that's fine. And then um, this Lurpcast league I was playing with on Fumble. Those guys, the guys who are running that are, you know, roofers in uh, going for his doctorate or whatever to be a doctor or nursing school or whatever he's in. And so is the other guy. So they're just completely busy with school right now. So people, it's kind of on hiatus, even though I kind of – I won the uh, wooden spoon by accident. <laughs> That's usually how that happens, I guess. You don't do it on purpose. Well, I didn't – my record wasn't that bad, and I thought – it was not good. I didn't make the playoffs, but I thought it was not bad enough for the wooden spoon. Yeah. And so they took the top, the lowest four teams in fumble, and they made them play a tournament. And I got the first round bye into the wooden spoon championship. I guess they took the bottom three teams. Wow. And then a dwarf team and a chaos dwarf team, which had lower points than I did. The hell. They fought it out to get to the wooden spoon. And then I played in the wooden spoon final. And I thought this is one of those things where if you win the wooden spoon, you... Um, if you win the game, you get the spoon? Or you lose the spoon? I thought it was like you win the spoon. So it was like, you know, you won something. You played in the last bowl. You know, I, I've heard of tournaments oh, where I see, yeah. the two worst teams play, and so somebody just... They don't want somebody to throw the game just to get a trophy or something. So Like we do. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But um, I lost that game, 
And then they said, oh, we messed up on the tournament. The teams that lost were supposed to advance, not the teams that won. So you were fighting not to lose because the loser got the wooden spoon. So then I was scheduled to – so I I went through the dwarf team and got beat 2-1. to And then I had to play (laughs) the chaos dwarf team to try to keep from getting the spoon again with my underworld team. And we had scheduling problems because of Nuffleween and stuff the weekend we were going to play. And I guess they just said, we're tired of waiting for you guys. So you're both co-wooden spoon winners. Wow. So By default, you're horrible and nobody likes you. So I had a really rough season the first season. The second season, I won my division. And then the third season, I'm a co-wooden spoon winner. That sounds about right. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, sounds exciting. (laughs) So, yeah, I only played like one fumble, that one fumble game in like the last month and a half. Yeah, we've been ramping up for Nuffleween, trying to get stuff done. So I guess that'll take us into our segments for this week. Yeah, Nuffleween will just talk. Um, Our first segment this month is going to be Instant Replay, where we review the Blood Bowl Team Manager card game. Ooh. And there's a reason for that, because our second segment is going to be Behind the Fluff, with an interview with Jay Little from FF Games, who actually designed Team Manager. That's right. And then in our third segment, we are going to talk about the Nuffleween tournament that we held just a couple weeks ago here in Oklahoma. And then we'll have follow-up with uh, shout-outs and end the show. We got anything else before then? I don't think we do. I don't have much to say. Okay. Well, let's just go ahead and go into Instant Replay. Both Down is brought to you by Wizards Asylum, your premier source for comics and games in Norman, Oklahoma. Check them out online at their new home, wizardsnorman.com. Hey there, this is Torch Shahans of the Scaling Blade Scramblers, and you're listening to Both Down with Stephen Scott. Now, it's time for Instant Replay. All right, this is Instant Replay, and we are going to take a look at the Blood Bowl Team Manager card game that came out, oh, what, half a year now, at least? It's been longer than that. Has it been longer than that? Hasn't it? So well, I've only owned, I thought it came out before Chaos Cup last year. <laughs> then, well, I only owned my copy for, like, midsummer, so. Yeah, I'm trying to think when I got mine. You got yours fairly early, though. Yeah, I think that's why you didn't get yours for a while. I think it debuted at Gen Con last year. I think okay. that's where we're getting that thought. But anyways, we're going to uh, – we've played this game uh, several times. You've played it more than me. Yeah, played and, it a few more times than you. And we've had some people ask us to kind of take a look at this because, you know, our focus is fluff. For me, currently, there's not much better place to go for fluff than this game. Yeah, it's um, it has a lot to it, at least it's to me – the game is a little bit overwhelming when you first open the box. Yeah, that's one bad thing with the game and the rules. A lot of the FF games are the same way. The rules really just confuse you until you sit down and play it. I don't even show people the rules when I teach them how to play. I just set up the game, sit them down, and play. And then it makes complete sense. But if you want to learn how to play, uh, unless if you don't have anyone to show you how, Go to YouTube, FF Games. Their channel has a complete walkthrough of a game, and it's really a nice tutorial. 
Yeah, I mean, if you've ever played Magic the Gathering and you know how, like, every time a new set of Magic comes out, they kind of have some instructional videos. Fantasy Flight has done a great job with, there's six parts to these uh, videos, and it just walks you through step by step. And, yeah, I wish we I would have known about this before I even started to look at the rule book, you know. Yeah, but aside from the rules, the actual gameplay is great. Um, not to, you know, have any spoilers or anything, but... We unabashedly love this game, really. <laughs> if, you know, what what's sad and what's good is, the good is, is we have this game, so we have an option. Yes. And another great thing about this game, for a card game, it surprisingly captures the spirit of Blood Bowl, the fluff of Blood Bowl, and when I play this game, I want to play it more, and I also can't wait for my next tabletop game, because, like you were saying, there's so much fluff involved, the weekly highlights and stuff make you want to add more dynamic to your team. Mm-hmm. The bad is, is that it just came out, you know, within the last year, if I would have had this, you know, growing up, I played blood bowl, second edition, played hardcore for a couple of years. Then I had a, a break, but I still love the game. If this was a game that maybe would have came out when I was in college, let's say in 97 or something like that. I know I could have got my college friends to play this instead yeah. of them saying, hey, let me let you try this game, and then you need to go buy you a metal miniature team, and then you need to paint your metal miniature team. I know I could have got them to play this. That's very true. There's a lot of people. I've seen a lot of reviews about this game, and everyone's had great things to say about it. But this is a really good gateway drug, basically. You know, you get your friends to play this. It kind of gives them the feel of what Blood Bowl is. And then go, hey, you know what's even better than this? Tabletop. Mm -hmm. Come play tabletop and... You get to have your own team with your own players and watch them get different skills and stuff. Yeah, I can totally see that. And I don't know. I've already thought of ways since we started playing how if you wanted to incorporate the the card game into some type of league. I know that sounds silly. You know, where you have matchups. Sounds confusing. Well, oh, I see what you're you saying. You know what I'm saying? Like if everybody took a team. like There's six teams that come with the game. Yeah. Um, you want to go over those? Yeah, it's the Reekland Ravers. Reavers, sorry. Reekland Reavers. Reekland Ravers. <laughs> the whatever. Ravers. We love the uh, party, man. Where's Griff? Where's Zug? Let's get it going. Then the Grudge Bearers, which is your dwarf team. Mm-hmm. Athalorn Avengers. Wood Elves. Skaven Blight Scramblers. Skaven, obviously. The Gouged Eye for Orcs. And the... The always horrible Chaos All-Stars. They're only horrible for you. That's because every time I play them, I get thrown out. It's it's the craziest thing. Just like my regular Chaos team, it never did well for me. In this game, the Chaos team, every time I play them, you get cheating tokens, and inevitably I get the whistle. So my guy goes out. Well, you shouldn't foul them. I don't have a choice. Yeah, yeah, sure you don't have a choice. You can take players that don't foul. Not on that team, really. <laughs> no, I know. <laughs> and that's, you know, going into the actual dynamics of the game, each team plays completely different. You know, the uh, Chaos All-Stars, they get cheat tokens, a lot of them. So it's so much up to fate whether your guy gets, you know, extra star power or if they get called out of the game. You know, the Athlorn Avengers, they're all about quickness. So you can go through your deck and find better players using the go mm-hmm. for it. What's interesting about this is um, for people that's played like Dominion, 
that's a card deck building game, and there's a there's a ton of them out there now. But Dominion was the first one. You know, you start off with a small deck, and then you start building and buying and creating this deck that you go through. Blood Bowl has some of those mechanics as well, or Team Manager, I should say, has some of those mechanics too. But you're right; each team does play different. Um, there's skills that are from the Blood Bowl traditional tabletop game into the card game, and while they're not exact replicas, like, you know, stand firm doesn't mean you don't get pushed back because in the card game there's no getting pushed or anything. But it just means that they can't tackle you. They can't hit my guy because I'm, I'm extra tough. If you tough, hold the ball. Especially, yeah, that's what it is. If you hold the ball and you have the skill stand firm, they can't attack you. So no matter what, you're going to keep that ball unless they find another mechanic to take the ball from you. Right. And I... And like you were saying, we were playing the other night, and I had the dwarf team because we randomized the teams, and you you had chaos. Luckily, again, yeah, lucky for you. And you were <laughs> griping, you know, you played it more than me, so you've started to adapt what the skills mean. And I was thinking, that's weird. Stand firm, you know. Why do I get to hold on to the ball? And then you said it obviously, you know, you're like it's like the cage. And the, and it was so obvious when you said it's like the cage. I can't get to your ball carrier. I'm like, golly, you're so right. And they did such a great. I you know they take the fluff from the tabletop or the skills and yeah. they add it to this and turn it. It's very obvious. And you know, coming up next, we have our interview with Jay, and it's very very obvious that he's played a lot. Everybody involved in this game has played a lot, and they love the game, and that just comes through into it so well. Oh yeah. I, Totally agree. And if you haven't played Blood Bowl Team Manager, the concept's a little bit different than just scoring on yeah. the field. What you're after is the most fame. Yeah, because you're essentially managing a team, as the name would imply. So you want to make the most money and everything else. And you know, in the in the old world or the the world that exists in Blood Bowl. So yeah, if the the winner after is it's five weeks. It's five weeks, but realistically. You can change this game up so many different ways, too. Oh. oh, yeah. And even though, you know, it says to do five weeks, if you're bored for one day and you want to just play for about five hours, <laughs> yeah. you go through every single one of them. And that's what's great about it. But, yeah, you earn fans, and then at the end of the, the five weeks, you play out your all your cups and everything, and then, you know, the one with the most fans wins the game. And the the actual mechanic of the game is the last week you have the Blood Bowl tournament to fight over. Which is awesome. Which is really cool. And um, even though in our last game we played, I won the overall game, you won every cup, and that made me so mad. Yeah, I, I won every cup, but uh, Scott had more fans at the end by, what, two, I think? Two or four, I can't remember. It's it very was close. so close. And, uh, that, and every game I've ever played has been really close. I don't remember any blowouts. That's what I was going to say, is every game's been within five that I've played. And I haven't played as many as you. But mm-hmm. it's always been close. And it always comes down to the very end. Just like a real Blood Bowl game, you just never know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. You played it with multi-players, multiple mm-hmm. players. How did that go, since I haven't experienced that yet? Just as well. I mean, it it functions perfectly for more players. It doesn't feel weird that you have three teams fighting over something? No. Actually, it... Because how, how the game plays, you put out four highlights that you're fighting over, and then either a card that adjusts some things in the gameplay, or a tournament is mm-hmm. the fifth card. When you have two people, each person is winning four, you know, is getting something from all four highlights. Right. When you have three people, you're not. 
I mean, you don't get something from every highlight. So it makes the choices that much harder. You know, I really need to put someone down on this one to secure the fans or this one to make sure that I get a star player. You know, with four players, it's even harder. So by having the turn advantage where you're having that token yeah. really is... Going first is a huge advantage. Okay. And the game, like I said, it's built for two to four players, but there are six teams here. If you wanted to play six people, you could figure out a way to do it. God, there be, are plenty of highlights. That'd be crazy, but that'd be so much fun. It could easily be done, though, because you could you could slap down six highlights and with six players just battle it out. And for guys out there who play Blood Bowl but can't ever get your wife to uh, understand how to make a... Uh, a two-die block or that you have the strength advantage or to explain tackle zones to her, you don't have to with this. This is really a card game with the flavor of Blood Bowl built around it. And it's made by people, you know, when we first opened this up, it was definitely like these guys either really got some good consulting or they really love the Blood Bowl game. And yeah. like Steve said, you're going to find out in our interview that the guy loves Blood Bowl just as much as we do. Which is awesome. And when you first look at the game, just the graphics on the box are awesome. And then you get into it, and there's a ton of cards. Mm-hmm. And like I said, for each team, there's different players. There's different star players. There's tons of other star players. That's what I was going to say, too. Um, I do like the fact that you know, being the guy from second edition and forward, I love the star players already built in the game. Mm-hmm. But it's nice to see some other star players or freebooters out there, you know? Yeah. Um, I know on the dwarf team that I was playing, I, I picked up a guy who was a human thrower who was a long bomb silver and he still had that pun name. And, you know, I don't have to explain to you where, you know, yeah. long bomb silver comes from or anything. So it's still that pun name and it fits for being a thrower. And it's just, it's really fun. And it, God, it feels so much like blood bowl in, I've actually, since we played it the other night, I've been wanting to play it again and again. Ever since ever since we played the first time, Scott has wanted to play it more and more. We've just been busy. So it's definitely one of those games, though, that you can just sit down and play for an hour or so and get a good game in. Oh, yeah. We started probably about, what, 9 o'clock, and we were done by 10.15. Yeah. It's just because we haven't played it in a few weeks, so I was mm-hmm. rusty on some of the steps and everything. What I will say, and we didn't. We didn't tell the guy when we interviewed him. Um, I wish it came with more components or baggies or something that you could put all the different card sizes in. Oh, well, yeah, but that's a complaint of any game. Oh, I, I know. Every game out there, and this is just how it works. You know, they've got to save money, and they do a good job. you got bags for most of the parts, and you got bags for the components. Just we're, we're, we are anal. So what I've done... His each team, I've taken an old magic sleeve and color-coordinated them. So I put them in a sleeve with the team upgrades, so they're separate. Okay. And then I, that allows room in those bags that were provided to put the other cards in perfectly. And then all the other components go in their own little baggie, and it works fine. It isn't too much to do, but... I know. I, my big complaint with a lot of games these days is they... They produce such a great product, and Fantasy Flight's one of these people that they have a bunch of different card sizes Mm -hmm. and stuff, and I just want to take care of them better, you know? I can see that. So I I would love to have, you know, separate baggies or even, um, 
And that sounds ridiculous. Like a preformed plastic piece? Tray, like a tray or something that's yeah. inside the game. Um, nothing worse than buying a, a Munchkin game, if you've ever bought oh, the, the game yeah. Munchkin. Great fun game, but when you open up that big box and go, oh, there's just cards in here. <laughs> yeah. It's so disappointing. in your mind, you thought that you at least had that plastic tray to set your cards in. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, ah. Oh. I don't know why companies don't sell those extra. I'd pay five bucks for a tray. Well, I know like the Munchkin games, they do actually have card boxes and stuff you can buy that comes with like one extra card. So you could add to your oh. Munchkin deck and stuff. But yeah. they've really but we're exploded also it. But an- we're also very anal gamers who don't want to get rid of the original box. Yeah, I know, I know. So... That doesn't work. I know. I have my Munchkin cards flowing in a giant box that's not needed. But regardless, it's a well-put-together product. The I love the painting illustrations and stuff on it. Yeah, the it's, artwork is amazing. Um, as I mentioned in the interview, it takes a lot of restraint not to go through every single card and just look at them and read the text. But it provides a, a lot of replayability. Because what sucked... And again, this is my fault for playing Chaos, but I played Chaos. I had, I think, four or five star players by the end of the game. Oh, yeah. But I only saw two ever because I just never drew them. Well, that's a deck building game. Exactly. You had the option. Did you ever have the option? There's an option where if you add like a certain guy to your deck, you can take one out. It's a freebooter. Uh-huh, yeah. so you can kind of filter out the low guys and put in, like, the medium-range guys to yep. make your deck better. But if you take him instead of a a more cool type of star player, mm-hmm. you know, you might not... I, I always take the fancier one. I, I totally understand. Yeah. Uh, the, I did, too. I always took the star player over the freebooter. and That's where Wood Elves are so good, because when they have the go-for-it, go-for-it allows you to pull another card and get rid of a card. So right. it allows you to make your deck a little bit Cycle better. Cycle through your deck. Your yeah. hand better, yeah. But whenever I've played them, I get star players, and I put them in the deck, and I'm able to get to them really good mm-hmm. because they have so many go-forwards. Well, I didn't want to take any of the freebooters uh, for two reasons. You know, I haven't played that many times, so I wanted to play with the star players. But right. I felt like if I did that, I would have to get rid of my lowest point guys, which were my dwarves with guard. Mm-hmm. And guard is a really good skill. On the guy. So, like, if, um, for those of you that don't know, let's say I have the the ball, because the ball is like an extra bonus token you can mm-hmm. get for the highlight, and it gives you a couple points. So, possessing that, you know, gives you, on a tiebreaker, allows you to win that highlight in addition to your extra points. So, if I had a guy with a ball carry and Steve dropped down a guy that could tackle him and take the ball away from me, I could, my guard guy could actually be there and jump in the way and take the hit instead. Mm-hmm of the the target so i felt those guys were a very important uh, and they are to keep in my deck so i i never went with a freebooter at all hmm. but that last round that we played the last week yeah i got like no star players and i thought i was dead you got so. no star players and no um sure hands guys not sure hands yeah, yeah. A, nobody that, is well, it your runners the, yeah yeah the runners they had that stand for mm-hmm. yeah yeah, they had the stand firm, which they could take the ball and then not get tackled. So Just a pain in the butt. Yeah. And I, I like to say that there's a wizard in the game because you saw that. Oh, yeah, there How is. many times did that backfire on me? Yeah, Shot the wizard did not like you at all. I know. <laughs> it's just a little card that's an upgrade, and you can use it once per week, basically. And I think it screwed Scott twice. 
Yeah, you have dice in here that are very similar to block dice. You only get two, and they have the little explosions on four of the sides, I believe. And then they have, or is it three? It's three. Yeah, it's three, and then three explosions. One X, which is like your skull, something bad. And two nothings. And two nothings. And yeah, the wizard shot my own guy, which was the nothing symbol, which was awesome. Many times. Yeah, yeah it, it really sucked. always at tournaments too. <laughs> Yes. Yes, it was. He, he didn't work at tournaments. You had somebody in the stands jumping out, no, knocking off his aim. Yeah, it was nice. Yes, but really, really fun game. So overall, I don't know what to, else to say, but it's a great game. Go out and buy it. I'm sure you have already if you listen to us, probably. Well, not not everybody's sold on this. I mean, I have a few friends that play Blood Bowl and they can't understand how there's a card game that captures the blood bowl spirit and stuff. And okay, true. So I'm planning on next week, the day before uh, Thanksgiving at work, showing some guys at work, how to play this and good showing them, you know, the, the feeling and stuff that you do get from the game. It's very well constructed. I'm looking forward to expansions and I hope there's expansions. Yeah. And, um, cause I would like to have more teams out there, you know, definitely. And just I, a ton of teams. And, of course, I like the way we play where we just roll a dice and take whatever team. Yeah. But that's just me because I like random stuff. Of course, as always. And that's what, But that's part of the love of this game is because is you have these decks and then you can shuffle them. Mm-hmm. And then you get your cards it and is you random. go, crap, it's random. What I got to make my best of this situation. What's important? Now, strategy-wise, I felt like the whole time we played both the games that we played the other day is that You've outstrategized me every time, and I don't know how I won those games. Because it comes down to luck. <laughs> and just, is, it, is it like real Blood Bowl? Yeah, it's just like real Blood Bowl. It has that element of one out of six. You can either be great or, or bad. <laughs> it's very true. Yeah. I blame Nuffle. Well, you did have that. Uh, I, I won't forget, it, though. Which bowl was that? Was it Dungeon Bowl or was it the last one? Was it the Blood Bowl itself where you had your troll... And you went to hit me, and you basically rolled double skulls, oh. double X's. Yeah, that was the last. That was the, actually at the Blood Bowl. That was so awesome. I put down my four-strength troll. It was no, it was a Minotaur. It was the, your Minotaur. Oh, was it Minotaur? <clears throat> it was your Minotaur, because he's the guy with... That's that could right. hit back if I hit him. Yeah, yeah. So I put down my four-strength Minotaur. I go to hit him, and boom, fall down. It was awesome. Which sucked, too, because... He has the skill go for it, so I could have cycled through and gotten a better player. But since he went down, I don't get to do that. <laughs> uh, good old chaos. <sighs> I'm chaos. looking forward to playing them. I want to try them. Okay, good. You know why I want to play them now? <laughs> Just to say that you won and rub in my face if you do? No, because I didn't realize that they were called the Chaos All-Stars, so now I want to play them. Ah. Scott does love his Chaos All-Stars. <laughs> Got to have some Morg and some other guys in there. So, anyways, uh, I guess we're going to wrap up this segment, and we will be back with uh, Behind the Fluff. Hi, this is Jay Little, Senior Game Designer for Fantasy Flight Games and Designer of Blood Bowl Team Manager of the Card Game. Stick around, because up next with Steven Scott, it is Behind the Fluff right here on Both Down. All right, we're back with Behind the Fluff, and today we have a special guest with us. This is Jay Little, Senior Game Designer for Fantasy Flight Games. Welcome aboard, Jay. Thanks, guys. I am uh, glad to be here. Oh, glad to have you. 
when it comes to Blood Bowl, you designed the team manager? Yep, team manager of the card game. Okay, and we got a new one coming up, which we'll get into in a little bit. Sure. But uh, why don't we go back and how were you first exposed to Blood Bowl, the game? Uh, actually, oof, years and years ago with the second edition, I had uh, the version with the Astro Granite pitch. Oh, oh nice. dude. We are best buddies now because that I come from second edition. <laughs> that's, that's the original edition, that's for sure. <laughs> uh, that was the era when uh, Games Workshop was producing games in a style and production quality that no American publisher uh, could match at the time. And there's so many great memories surrounding so many awesome Games Workshop games from that time period. But the one that, that stuck with me, and even through today, I'm still playing, is uh, Blood Bowl. I've been a player for a long, long time. So I've been uh, a player before I even uh, got the opportunity to design a card game, which was a thrill for me. Well, that's awesome. Do you play any in a local league, or are you playing in tournaments? I used to play in leagues quite regularly when I lived in St. Louis before relocating up to the Twin Cities uh, for the job with Fantasy Flight Games. A lot of people at the office play, and uh, there are a lot of incredibly talented painters in the office as well. So uh, playing a game of uh, Blood Bowl, they're usually one-offs. I haven't participated in a uh, league, unfortunately, since I uh, relocated, but played in quite a few leagues down in St. Louis. It was a a lot of fun. So do you play with the current rule set when you do play the one-offs? Uh, yeah, we try to stick to the living rulebook as much as possible, although it's it's not always easy for everyone to be up to date on all of the changes. But what I like about it is even with the living rulebook and the changes that are slowly implemented over time, it's been a long time since there's been a big dramatic change. Right. Usually they're fairly minor and have to do with uh, balance or clarifications or timing issues, not wholesale changes to round structure, turns, actions, things like that. So with you coming from second edition, you remember the random skills when you earn star player points, correct? Oof, yes, um, I, I remember that. And then I also had uh, third edition and the ones with the large, heavy card stock uh, cards for the uh, spells and the right. oh, the inducements. And, and you had so <laughs> many other materials, like Death Zone introduced so many new items as well. Um, so there was just so much content. Uh, that it was interesting. Over the years, we had mixed and matched several different pieces because one player in our league would like this piece, another player didn't like that, but only wanted to play with this other piece. Really took some time to negotiate <laughs> how we were actually going to sit down and play the game before we could actually get a league going. Well, that's very similar to what we've done. Um, I came from second <laughs> edition, but I do love the current rule set. So uh, what I've talked these guys into doing, I'm the commissioner of our league that's been running now for seven seasons. We play Living Rule Book 6, the most current you know rules, but mm-hmm. we do, uh, when you skill up, we actually have what we call a pick six league, and you pick your six skills and then you roll a random dice. So it still has an element of second edition and that randomness that you have to just work it within. And when we tell people that, it just they just <laughs> blows their mind. And it's like, well, dude, we came from second edition – I loved, you know, you got a skill that you might not want, but you made it work somehow. So that's it, what we so do. It's so interesting <laughs> that, you know, they, they earn these star player points, and they're such a valuable commodity. And in between games, they want perfect control. Because during the game, you barely have any control. Exactly. exactly. Uh, you're at the mercy of the dice during the game, so why not between the games too? I think that's a great idea. That's, that's a really clever house rule. I like that. It adds a lot of fun and allows the players to level themselves up, kind of. So they turn into things which you normally wouldn't make them. Well, and also a big part of league play is the smack talk that takes place between uh, games. Oh, yeah. And so that really lends itself 
to uh, that experience, either teasing somebody else or lording it over the others that you got the uh, dodge block combo right off the bat. I, I remember one of my best teams ever uh, was an Amazon team called the Misanthropes. And it was maybe the fourth game into a 12-game season where all of my blitzers had dodge, dodge block mighty blow. Damn. And I just ran the table after that point. Uh, I was lucky enough to get one of my catchers to end up with the plus one movement upgrade twice. Nice. And it was basically smear everybody on the line of scrimmage and then dance around them like a skaven uh, until I scored. <laughs> yeah, I have an Amazon team that I won the championship with. And one of my gals, the Blitzer, got Mighty Blow and Piling On, oh. which she got randomly. So it made her like the league leader in casualties. Yeah, she oh, yeah. still has our, our record for casualties for a season. I mean, it's something ridiculous. Oof. We only play an eight-game season, and I think she had, like, what, 14 or 16 casualties? I think more than that, but, yeah, it was, it okay. was a lot. It was ridiculous. Th th that dream season that I had, I believe, uh, Ginger, one of my blitzers, <laughs> she got, like, four casualties in the first game. I don't know if she had inflicted that many the rest of the season, <laughs> but that first game was just so crazy. I think it was against Wood Elves or another squishy team. Yeah. Uh, I, I can't imagine how that entire – season would have been different if I had to face orcs or dwarves that first game. You probably would be playing with 10 people at the game. <laughs> <laughs> That's if the orcs could knock them down. That's true. I went to Chaos Cup and I faced a few Amazon teams and boy, they were difficult. I mean, well, you can't knock them down most of the time. It, it, it's pretty tough. Well, an interesting thing, uh, you reminded me talking about your house rule. One rule that we implemented and used over several seasons when we were able to get people to to commit to back-to-back -back years is drafting which team you got to play in reverse order so if you won the oh, league wow. you got to pick last uh, so is, the only real rule was you couldn't play the team that you played the year before that is very interesting i you like might that. have to steal that so the the one year that i actually won the following year i chose the halfling team <laughs> i said you know what there's nobody else out there that i'm really really compelled to play i'll take halflings you guys that's, are always laughing at them. That's kind we'll of what we do. see who laughs last. Whenever someone wins the championship, generally the next year, well, A, that team can't play next year. They have <laughs> to go tour the old world. Sure. And uh, then the guy who won generally takes a bottom-tier team just to play. Challenge himself. Yeah. I think oh, this yeah. is really cool knowing that you've really played the game a lot because it really shows in your card game design of Blood Bowl. Absolutely. Well, thank you. Uh, it was important to me because I am such a fan of the tabletop and I have so much respect for Games Workshop. Uh, they brought so much fun to me over the years. I really, really wanted to do this license proud. And based on the feedback that I've gotten since its release, I feel that I've been able to do that. Yeah, I haven't heard anyone say anything negative about it, really. Well, most of the time, people hear about it as a card game, and we go, no, it's really good. Mm -hmm. And they're like, uh-huh, no, no, it's <laughs> really good. And then those people try it, and they come back and go, wow, this was really good. And, I mean... It's you, different than the tabletop, but it just has the same heart to it. It's the same universe, it's the same randomness and goofiness. And, and it's supposed to evoke the same feel. I, I could not recreate the tabletop in a card game. I just oh, no. couldn't do it. We didn't have the resources, time, and eventually, early on in the process, we had to decide, you know what? That's not going to happen. So my favorite personal part of Blood Bowl and why it's been so engrossing to me over the years is that concept of the league play, the long term, over a season, your team evolves, your players evolve. And then just expanding that out to having your franchise evolve. Yeah. So rather than being the coach... You're the manager. Uh, that was kind of the 
key realization early on that helped us zoom to the right perspective. And we were able to focus on the design from that point. And I really think that it provides the flavor of a season, the highs, the lows, the good, the bad, and really highlights those moments, the sports center moments, if you will, that people talk about after the season is over. Oh man, do you remember that game against the lizard men when the Crocs just rolled over us and got six casualties or whatever it is. <laughs> uh, and this game, the card game attempts to recreate those uh, moments. Now, when GW came to you, who came mm-hmm. to the company, did you jump on it or were you just happenstance assigned it? No, Steve just stole my question. I was going to ask the <laughs> same thing. I was like, did you pick this game or did they pick it for you? Uh, well, game design is, is a little bit of both ways. Sometimes we get the opportunity to choose what we want to do. And sometimes uh, there's something on the schedule that really needs to get designed. Uh, in this case, it was kind of a perfect match between there was a design need within the company for a premier license and partner and I had an availability, and I'm there like, ooh, ooh, me, 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 pick me, pick me. Uh, and it wasn't very long into the first vision meeting that I was able to show my passion and uh, let them know. It, it was interesting, too, because the previous year, I had actually flown out to England and got to visit the Games Workshop uh, facilities when I was designing Warhammer Fantasy Roleplay. And while I was out there, I met Jervis Johnson. And we sat down and had lunch together, and I was just <laughs> a little bit of fanboy there, starstruck, talking with Jervis. Did, um, did you touch him? <laughs> he doesn't like. He's got like a little uh, perimeter around him. You didn't. Guards. You didn't rub some block dice on him or anything like that. <laughs> uh, but but it was really really interesting. He's real down to earth guy, great guy. And what's fun is I I wish I had brought my miniature because for my undead team, the coach was Reverend Jervis Johnson. I had this great sculpt of a little priest with a book just uh, preaching fire and brimstone that was the, the coach mini. Um, so that was my little nod to him. Nice. Was GW easy to work with, or did they have any major inputs, like suggestions or ways that they wanted the game to go? Or was it kind of left open to you, and they just said, okay, that's awesome, go? Uh, GW is a great company to work with. Uh, one, they've got great licenses, and since – I have the uh, fortune of being very familiar with them after playing so many GW games over the years. There's a level of trust that was built up. Plus, I had worked with them quite a bit on Warhammer Fantasy Roleplay, so they knew that I knew the setting. And after my visit out there, they knew that I was a Blood Bowl fan. So uh, during those initial conversations when we were talking about this game and some of my ideas and goals for what I wanted to do, uh, I was very, very pleased with the support that I got from them. It was great. Uh, And they're also really great at coming up with suggestions and feedback uh, for particular players or ideas like that, which teams should go into the core set. They had some input and some suggestions based on the popularity of the different teams uh, and some of the other information that they have access to that the casual fan or player doesn't. So did they come up with the, I guess, the backgrounds and history or did they kind of let kind of let you create that and then sign off on it? Or how did that work? Well, a lot of fluff uh, we create in kind of our own pocket version of the GW properties. So Blood Bowl Team Manager, the card game, takes place in the Blood Bowl Team Manager, the card game setting and universe, which is a very, very similar but not quite canon Blood Bowl uh, setting, simply because they set the, the ground rules and the guidelines for what is canon based on their printed materials and their miniatures. And since this was going to be a different format, cards, and tokens. 
we had to come up with something that really, really satisfied their fluff requirements without stepping on the toes of anything that was based on the miniatures version, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So there was a lot of flexibility, uh, but there were a few challenges, too, to go, wow, what, what's a really good way to express this idea, concept, or theme uh, and really get them to get on board with it, too? Um, for example, a lot of the ability names are names taken from skills from the uh, living rulebook, from the current rule set. Juggernaut, you know, uh, piling on. Those are abilities in the card game. Well, we couldn't make them exact mechanical mirrors to what's in the tabletop because the games have different mechanics and serve different functions. So sometimes we had to come up with uh, ways to fit those sorts of things in. Mm-hmm. So it's still what I feel very, very faithful to the source and the feeling of Blood Bowl, although diehard fans will easily note that some of the skill names don't always match up to specifically what they do in the tabletop. And that's fine because this is the big, long, you know, league view of the game. Exactly. Well, I've got a couple questions for you guys. Okay, sure. Since you play in a league regularly, um, I am usually not a rule stickler. Uh, I'm usually pretty fast and loose. But when it comes to Blood Bowl, there are two rules that I basically mandate uh, if I'm going to play in a league. And I'm wondering what your views of them are. Okay. First, the timer. I basically insist on using a timer. What about you guys? So you stick to the four-minute turn rule? Absolutely. In fact, I would make it three minutes if I could. <laughs> Let I'll go first on this, Steve. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> we in our league do not enforce that. But what I find out is, is as the commissioner of the league, I have a lot of players that will kind of whisper in my ear when games don't go their way and go, that game took a long time, so-and-so plays slow. And my advice to them is play quicker or you know, get faster. I, I actually don't have a problem with the four-minute turns. At tournaments, I love tournaments in its own right because – it enforces those rules. You play a game in two hours while yep. our at home league, we call it an at home league because we play, you know, with our kids around and everything else. Uh, it's a lot more looser. A lot of guys just use that time to catch up, drink a beer and stuff. But <laughs> yeah, I, it's I, a league of friends. So re- realistically, we've had a game that lasted, I think, eight hours one time because <laughs> they kept talking and they well, had kids they, and, they, and broke, they went to lunch. They at, went to lunch and everything <laughs> else. Oh, okay, so it wasn't continuous. No, but, uh, the, the reason I like the time requirement and one of the reasons why I, I try to uh, get everybody to buy into this is I am not good at long-term chess-like planning and thinking. <laughs> uh, I agree. My best asset is quick gut reactions, instincts, and reacting to the situations as they change. Yeah. Not the, you know, stroke my beard and look at it like a professor and, hmm. No, I, I totally. Consider. Oh, I, I don't to- think any of our – any of our guys do that. I'm with you. I like just having – wait until it's my turn, then look how it is and just figure out something and go with it. Yeah, so, so I feel like people who expect or want an unlimited amount of time are basically saying, I want to use my skill set and what I'm good at without letting you use your skill set and what you're good at. Right. I would say- so I think the timer is one way to put people on, on even footing. I, like I said, I don't have a problem with it. Me and Steve, we can – we can get together, play our league game, talk and do everything else that we normally do, even with my kids around and still play in about two hours. So 
me and Steve aren't the, are a problem in our league. And yep. we don't have a, a lot of guys that are really a problem. Most games go about two and a half hours, sometimes three hours. But it, I do get what you're saying. And yeah. I know in yeah. my... With sh- novice players, novice players, I have no problem. Instructional games, I have no problem. But between uh, seasoned players who have maybe a dozen games under their belt or so, uh, I really do expect by that time that they understand how the game works. They understand their team. And uh, we're basically pitting our strategies and our instincts yeah. against each other, not our ability to map out mathematical certainties. Well, see, that's the point where it becomes more of a game than it is fun and hanging out. Mm-hmm. Because yep. you know, we, like I said, it's a home league. It's about eight of us regularly. We all know each other. We play at each other's houses. We're just really having this as an excuse to hang out. So it's fun to catch up and chat. But yes, at a tournament, Whenever we run a tournament or go to a tournament, we are hard and fast at that two-hour mark. We give you a heads up, and if you haven't finished your turn by the time it ends, too bad. You're done. Two hours, cut off, put your dice down. And we have a few people that always complain about, you know, they didn't have enough time or whatever. It's like, play your game. Stop looking at the board. You only have so many options anyway, so just do it. Especially in a tournament setting, you have to realize that you're one of X people, not the only person there. Exactly. So, so speaking of Stickler, uh, the, the other rule that I like, which is also somewhat controversial, is what we call the tweet rule. Do you know what one I'm talking about? Is this going to be the turn marker? Yes. If you turn? touch a figure before advancing your turn marker, tweet, it's a turnover, my turn. <laughs> uh, I, I would no. say that during a typical league, I catch maybe five to six instances of that and get an extra turn on somebody. That's a big deal. That's huge. We do not do that. <laughs> no, we we don't. And even in our tournaments, we're really laxed about that. Now, we probably shouldn't be because there is people out there that play that way. I mean, we had practice games for a tournament, and Steve sat down for a guy real casually, and he tweeted him every time. He's like, "Oh, lose a reroll, lose a reroll." And Steve, yeah. when yeah, when people hell? are learning, then yes, I'm much more of a stickler of, "Hey, remember to do that." Hey, remember to do that. And yep. then eventually they do need that negative reinforcement of, okay, <laughs> well, now I'm going to kick you in the head. Now I'm going to kick you in the nuts. And, okay, now you're dead. <laughs> well, and we came from a background, too, where it was so loose that we didn't even – and the proper way, you know, is this is a pass action. This is a handoff action. Before you ever move your figure. Right, you know, right, announcing the action. Right. Yep. We, our first, like, season didn't do that. And then we realized after we finally got a taste of real tournaments, go up to Chaos Cup and stuff – we need to start playing more correct. So we're, we're getting we're, – we're reeling it in and getting back to that. And But isn't that nerve-wracking when you have to declare that before you make your dodge attempt? Um, <laughs> you know, n- not anymore. It used to be, and I don't know why it used to bug me. Now it doesn't bug me at all, you know. But Now, I will give you a question on our side. Sure. And I'm sure that you wouldn't play like this. Um, we don't allow stalling, and I'm guessing that – you and your leagues have no problem with that. Uh, stalling in terms of like going to the, the uh, end zone to yeah. score? Sitting at the end zone, beating up people, sitting there for six turns and not walking in. Uh, if somebody plays that way against me, I have no problem with that. Okay. Uh, I would not play that way against somebody else. Oh, okay. I think the game is all about trying to get the goal. I, I would rather score being in that position and then be scored on by my opponent than walk it back and forth across the end line myself. Okay, good. That, that's the background I came from. Me and my buddies in high school, we never 
stalled on the goal line. We just sat back up and, and played the game. And so in our league, we kind of have this gentleman's agreement that we never do that. Now, it's not really a gentleman's agreement. We have a signed contract. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, now here's the thing. If, if it was a dwarf cage that got up there, just put the damn ball in. But if it was like the Wood Elves or the <laughs> Skaven or some sort of you know very breakable team, yeah. and if they want to risk that and go around trying oh, well, that's to when you throw kill tackles against my mummies, feel free all day long. Yeah. You know? So it it is different for us when we get into the tournament environment because you know it's a tournament, so you do what you got to do. So some of our guys, it's taken a while for us to adapt to the tournament side of Blood Bowl. So I will say, I'm a, I'm a very casual player. I usually don't bark hard and fast on any of that stuff, especially with new players. But in a tournament or structured setting, uh, I, I do have some expectations with Blood Bowl more so than virtually any other game that I play. Yeah, well, it is actually in the rules, so we'll never fault you for that. I mean, that's just part of the game. You'll fault me for something else, and that's fine. Yeah, absolutely. We love fault, to find fault. Fault you for all in those sixes. <laughs> so, uh, do you have any particular teams that you're, are your favorites? Uh, my favorite team overall has got to be the Undead. Uh, the Undead were the most successful team I've ever had, uh, and I like their – I think they're awfully flexible. My, my second favorite team is probably the Humans. I think people just gloss over them because they're so vanilla, but they're so darn versatile. I gloss over them because of two strength runners. I just yeah. oh the catchers, two, yeah two strength catchers. I can't stand that. Yeah, that's that's understandable. I just think that they're pretty flexible. Plus, you know, they they're, they're one of the first experiences people have with the game. You get those plastic figs right out of the box, and those were the first ones that I ever painted. Yeah. Um, so there's a little bit of nostalgia tied to that. Uh, so th- after that, I'm a big fan of the Amazon and the Norse. My least favorite team, Skaven. Hate playing against them, never <laughs> oh, want to be them. I totally understand that. Yeah, they are annoying. So, Jay, you came from second edition. Yep. When you guys opened up those boxes and started playing for the first time, did you guys use the teams that were in those books? There you was... know, that is a great question. I actually can't recall. That was so long ago. Okay. So long ago. <laughs> well, it was a but long time back ago. Back in my day. Well, <laughs> I, I, I asked this question because we've talked about it before on the podcast. Me and my buddies, we thought that's what you did. There was 40 teams made up in those books. So we just thought you take those 40 teams, you play out a 16-game season. And it, it made up for a long year of my life. But we did it. Oh, so you actually thought that was a schedule. Well, yeah, we thought, you know, the Reekland Reavers and all those guys in their division was that division. So we made schedules up for all those yep, teams, yep. and we played all that stuff out for 16 weeks because that's what we thought you just did. And then when third edition came out and people were, you know, you go to the local shop and people are making up teams and their team names and stuff were like, that threw us off guard. It's like, why aren't you playing with the, the Reavers? Why aren't you playing with the Champions of Death? Where's the Dwarf Giants? And they're like, yep, they're not yep. around. <laughs> no, you know, I actually hadn't even thought of that. I think I, I come from such a strong role-playing background that anytime there's an opportunity to personalize, customize, or flavorize something my mm-hmm. own way, uh, I usually seize it. So I wouldn't be surprised even if there were very strict rules and structures on this is the team, this is the name, this is how you do it, here's the color scheme. I would have done it another way anyway. No, I totally understand. So a fellow lover of fluff, yep, as yep. it should be. Well, since you did mention Undead... And we have mentioned Champions of Death. I guess that leads us into your next product that's coming out. Uncanny, wasn't that? I know. It's a good segue, isn't it? Yep. So, so uh, sudden, sudden Death. death. Go ahead. <laughs> so say, Sudden Death. Give us a little background on it. So uh, Sudden Death is the first expansion for Blood Bowl Team Manager, the card game. And it features uh, three teams that really uh, have 
some similarities in terms of the fluff, I think, and those would be Undead, Vampire, and Dark Elves. Now, from a mechanical standpoint, they're pretty diverse teams. So we had to come up thematically with a way that it made sense for these three teams to be their own uh, unit, essentially. The Dark Sorcery Syndicate. So they're their own splinter subdivision of the team managers union, which is the overarching operations for uh, Blood Bowl team managers. So you've got the three goody guy teams from the core set are in their own subdivision. The three evil teams in the core set are in their own subdivision. And then the undead vampire and dark elves make up their own third subdivision. And so the, that theme of dark sorcery ended up being what kind of ran through the expansion as well as the flavor through these teams, that uh, sinister evil seething feeling that you get uh, from the teams. And that was really, really fun because that also helped inform some of the design decisions when we were trying to decide uh, mechanically how these teams should play and act. And one of the big challenges is we included so many teams in the core set is how do we make these teams functional and competitive with those teams, but still make them diverse and feel distinct because of all the comments that I get about the core set one of my favorite is to hear people tell me how much replayability they think the core set has because each team feels and plays differently. Oh, absolutely. And that is one great thing about that because the teams do play so differently and they're a lot of fun. And it takes every ounce of strength for me not to go through and read every single card because <laughs> I just want to sit down, look at every little card, read all the fluff and get it in my mind. But I love going back and replaying it and finding a new star player or a new challenge or anything. There's so much diversity in that that the you're right, the replayability is humongous. And I also love the fact that uh, if you're playing a, a three-player game um, and you play all three teams from one division, then your next game is all three teams from the other division, those two games can feel so incredibly different, even though each division has a pretty sturdy team, a pretty flexible team, and a fragile and quick team, mm-hmm. you know, so the, the Skaven and the Wood Elves are kind of mirrors. The Dwarves and the Orcs are kind of mirrors and Chaos and Humans are kind of mirrors. Uh, they each have some similar strengths. So then it's, okay, if this is a point of commonality between them, how can we make everything else different and distinct? Yeah. Uh, and so that was really fun to be able to, to come up with. So is that the same with Sudden Impact? You've got the one. Sudden Death. Come on. So, God sudden dang. Impact. You're right. Wow. I, I'm on a big so, John Claude Van Damme kick. Van Damme movie? Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> oh, I'm trying to think of like 20 things at a time. So you're, you're, what are you saying, Steve? Like the champions, the undead would be like the orcs and dwarves fall into that category. Is that what you're saying, Jay? Is that? Uh, it, not necessarily. Okay. This is, you know, a new expansion. Now it will just so happen that um, the dark elves are, are pretty versatile. I think a lot of people first assume, well, it's got elf in the name, so they're going to play a lot like the wood elves or maybe even the high elves. And that's actually, I think, a, a mis- misconception. I think they're a lot more like the human team. The, the dark elves are surprisingly flexible uh, with a little bit of frailty, but, but they're sturdier than most of their elven kindred. Mm-hmm. Um, but what's really interesting is oof, the, the fluff for the dark elves is all about hatred and vendettas and revenge <laughs> and just the seething hatred for everything and everybody around them. So kind of working in revenge and hatred to their mechanics uh, was a fun thing to be able to do. Um, So that was a a neat opportunity with the Dark Elves. What's interesting is 
and why I don't think this follows the same pattern as the corset is the undead. One reason I like them so much is they're kind of a conundrum. You've got these huge, beefy, stalwart mummies, and then you've got basically gutter runners on the outside in your ghouls uh, that I am always terrified to send out with the football because, you know, they're the one guy on my team without regenerate. Yeah, that's, those are the guys you smash to win the games in the yeah. tabletop. <laughs> so uh, I, I think the undead pre- present a really engaging and challenging experience as a manager because you've got units that are sturdy like dwarves and orcs, but not enough of them to play like dwarves and orcs. You've got units that are quick, but not agile, you know? So you, if you have the ball, you could potentially run them or script plays like you might with Skaven or Wood Elves or another flighty team, but they're also very fragile and they don't have the additional agility to be able to uh, get themselves out of sticky situations. So I, I really liked the challenge that uh, the Undead team provided. And what's interesting is one of my favorite things about designing games, uh, any game, but particularly the Blood Bowl games, the fact that I get to insert uh, my own references, inside jokes, and things like that into the game. So the Undead team in here is actually modeled after the Undead team that I played in St. Louis. Uh, so while they are the champions of death and they've got those core units that are available to a team, the star players are actually ripped straight off of my roster. I actually oh, wow. keep all that old stuff. So That's I went back awesome. out there and I found my old roster and I pulled it out and uh, I picked a couple of them to make star players. Oh, I'm jealous. <laughs> that is awesome. So like the, the two star player ghouls are Jibber and Jabber, which were uh, my – I was fortunate enough that uh, one of them got a plus moving – benefit early on and the other one got plus agility so between the two of them i had pretty decent ball control and then one of my whites upgraded pretty quickly and then along with mama hotep uh my (laughs) my big badass line mummy i was able to kind of create the the wall swing where you create the uh, a strong left or right side and just kind of swing it to crush everybody in the path and open up a a lane along the uh sideline Mm mm-hmm and so that worked well for a couple games, and I was able to get a couple uh, passes, completions, and touchdowns with those schools to finally level them up and give them some some durability. Nice. But, and there are also some other inside references and pop culture jokes and some of the names and some of the flavor text. Uh, so that's always a lot of fun to design. Which is what Blood Bowl's based on. It yep. always has that type of fun. So uh, another little thing of interest for all you guys out there, any of you – 80s or 90s heavy metal thrash metal fans you'll find a lot of event names spell names player names card names all that stuff are song titles from some of my favorite thrash songs <laughs> nice <laughs> and that's for all of my games a little spoiler there not just football team manager oh wow <laughs> well that's the fun part you get to have fun when you make your own stuff where yeah, the, um, the black fangs name come from did you guys create that? that or did that come from gw for which again? For the Black Fangs? For the, the vampires? Oh, the Black Fangs are the official uh, vampire team in GW. What you can do is okay. the uh, Blood Bowl computer game for the PC Okay. actually models the rulebook very, very well. And the teams represented there as the default teams for the different races okay. are what we posited to uh, Games Workshop and asked for. And we're talking uh, for- the, the new Cyanide one or the yep. old one? Okay. Yep. So it was really tough to know exactly what to do with each of them. Like, are the Dark Elves the Nagroth Nightmares or the Dark Side Cowboys? Right. Um, 
so we had to make a decision and, and ended up just going to uh, GW and say, hey, what about these? And they're like, hey, are they official? Are they in something that we did? Yep. Awesome. <laughs> Have our blessing. Well, that's, that's good. Awesome. Uh, so what are the other new concepts that coming out with this expansion? Uh, well, one of the things that we're doing is we're including a lot more uh, content to be able to expand the core game, uh, including there are 15 new highlight cards, some new Spike Magazine event cards. Nice. One of the other things that we did is uh, new staff upgrades. Not only do the teams in this expansion come with their own upgrades, but each team in the core set now has one additional team upgrade available to them. Oh, nice. So some of the content in here can be incorporated and used just with the core set, or you can mix everything together and pick and choose, plug and play, whatever you want. One of the new elements and uh, something that I'm really excited about because I'm all about position evaluation. That's one of my favorite things as a designer to consider is at that moment on his turn, what am I asking the player to decide? And what is he basing that decision on? So I think if you guys, you know, played enough of team manager, the big thing at the highlights are the payouts, Mm -hmm. which payout is most advantageous to me. When you get a little bit more sophisticated in it, it's which payout do I want to deny my opponent? (laughs) Right. And then there's also the factor of, of my limited hand of cards, which bullets are best shot at which targets. So there are all these factors to consider when deciding how to commit your players and how to use your upgrades and other special abilities. So I really wanted to add another layer to that because it's such an interesting decision for the game. So one of the new uh, mechanics are enchanted footballs which if you choose to play with this option, you actually remove the footballs from the core game and play with these instead. Okay. And without giving away too much, each football is not just worth plus two star power. Each football still is the tiebreaker if star power is equal when you are determining the winner of a matchup. But footballs have different values. They might grant you a skill. They might grant you a uh, amount of star power. They might give you fans if you have the ball when the game ends. There are a lot of different uh, abilities on the footballs themselves. So you have to be a little bit more thoughtful about not only playing your players with ball control, but then maybe even holding back the guys with tackle just a little bit longer uh, in case somebody else, you know, if you want to deny them control of the ball toward the end of a round. Hmm. Are these balls, is the image on both sides or is it (laughs) hidden until the matchup is resolved? That is a great question. I guess people have to stay tuned to the uh, website for previews and more information about the expansion. Wow. You're going you're gonna to make us work for this, aren't you? <laughs> yeah. Hey, hey, I already gave you a couple spoilers. Yeah, that's pretty good. And um, also there's uh, sponsorships now or contracts, right? Uh, yeah, there are uh, Cabal Vision contracts. So Cabal Vision, of course, is the ESPN sort of uh, sorcery t- TV media that – broadcasts Blood Bowl to the uh, old world. And that's represented now with contracts. Contracts is a new payout type. So in addition to uh, star players, team upgrades, staff upgrades, and fans, there is now this new payout, contracts. Contracts work a little bit um, differently because they are a hidden value that are scored at the end of the game. So contracts are worth a certain amount 
but you don't know what until the end of the game. So you can see that somebody's starting to pile up a lot of contracts, and that is a variable threat. Yeah. You have to assess how important or valuable is that. Do I need to start worrying about that? And, and that's kind of a bridge between two of the styles of play that really uh, came out over the course of the game development. Now, you guys have played Blood Bowl enough that you know it's very swingy. Mm-hmm, definitely. Uh, luck can be by your side and you have the greatest game ever, or you have two back-to-back games that you're just rolling cold dice and your season <laughs> is lost. Or yeah. Nuffle just bones you every single game that you play Dark Elves, like me. Every time you have to roll anything <laughs> but a one, you roll nothing but once. <laughs> exactly. Um, and, and so in the core game, there are several staff upgrades that allow for very, very swingy end-of-game results, which capture some of the crazy... Uh, levels of fluctuation that you get with like some of the inducements or just some of the results that can happen during a game. And then if you choose to remove those staff upgrades, you'll get a a slightly more moderated and not necessarily predictable, but uh, more controlled, a a more controlled range. And it's a little bit easier for players to evaluate uh, what they need to do, how they need to go after, and most importantly, opponent strength and position. Yeah. So the contracts kind of create this new level between those two uh, that you could add to playing either way that just create a new commodity that people need to be aware of over the course of the game. Okay. Well, big kudos to for putting in Cabal Vision. I, I, lo- I love that from a fluff standpoint. That, I think that's awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Well, also, uh, the other reason I'm really excited about this uh, expansion is we're able to introduce – uh, some new things that weren't in the core set, not just with components, but actual abilities and information on the cards. So one of them, obviously, with the vampires and the undead, we had to introduce regeneration. So regeneration is a new skill that those players have that, uh, you know, w- one of the taglines for the game is it's hard to keep a good player down. Mm-hmm. Um or maybe it should be a hard, hard to keep a bad player down. Um, <laughs> so regeneration was key and exactly how to incorporate that in a way that there's a little bit of that risk and element of uncertainty, but it's reliable enough that this can become a theme for that team, but it also doesn't add a whole bunch of extra levels or layers or take, make the game longer. So uh, regeneration is an interesting uh, ability that we were able to refine and get down uh, to a point where it, it's really, really exciting and interesting in the game. And um, like for the undead, other than the ghouls, who doesn't have regeneration on the undead roster? You know, mm-hmm. that, that's pretty scary. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it can be deadly. That's for sure. Um, but perhaps my favorite thing that we are introducing in this game. So what happens when a player is injured? He's gone for the rest of the game. He's well, uh, long-term he, effects. When a player's injured, he's just removed from the game. Right. So he doesn't contribute anything anymore. What about when he's first tackled? Uh, he hits the ground. He has to make an armor roll. Okay. And in the in the card game, you rotate the player. Oh, okay. He Tell has me. this reduced. I'm sorry. Star in the card power. game, he has this reduced uh, star power. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, now some players don't like getting knocked down, so their abilities trigger after they get hit in the face. Oh, nice. So, you know, that's one way that we're able to introduce this idea, like I had mentioned before for Dark Elves, of revenge. Oh, so you <laughs> want to tackle me, hey? Nice. Well, then take a little bit of this. Awesome. 
I may go down, but you just lost two fans. (laughs) I I think I get to play the Dark Elves first when this comes out, Steve. (laughs) So it's cool because just that thought alone of something that we kind of introduced in the core set because the orientation of the cards is important. Mm -hmm. And once it's rotated 90 degrees, you do read it from that direction uh, so that the star power is then oriented in the right way for you to count their injured power rather than their standing power. Um, And so it was just a logical extension to, hey, we've got this real estate here. And what makes better sense than, yeah, people can get nasty. They don't like getting hit or they don't stay down when they're hit or maybe they take you down with them. Uh, And it just opened up a lot of space and opportunity for uh, just playing around and coming up with some really, really interesting team dynamics. Definitely very cool. Now, do the vampires still eat their own people? (laughs) <laughs> so I'm guessing there is some negative. That last that. tells me that, yes, that's included. So the, the vampires are a very interesting team because in the tabletop, the vampires are one of those few teams that have very, very few unit choices. You basically have vampires, thralls. What else are you going to throw in there? That's it. Um, where you'll know in the card game, every team has a couple guards. A couple, you know, just static linemen that seem like cannon fodder, except guard is such an important, amazing ability. Yeah. Uh, but then most of them also have either runners, catchers, throwers, blitzers, those sorts of units represented through the rest of the cards. So vampires created an interesting uh, challenge because other than the vampires, what do we want to represent in the cards? And because you get a random number of cards each round, I don't want to create that experience where somebody draws six cards and they're all thralls. Mm-hmm. And they go, well, I guess <laughs> that this weekend <laughs> is wasted. So uh, the the vampires are dynamic and interesting. And I will say that uh, they have two abilities that I think really play to their vampiric nature, bloodlust and always hungry. Oh. Hmm. So those add a new wrinkle to the game that the vampire player uh, gets to tinker around with and I'll also say, I guess, another minor spoiler here is the vampire team has more uh, big guys than the other teams, but a lot more weak guys. So he's a little bit of two extremes without much in the middle. Yeah. Because that's kind of what the vampire team is. (laughs) So uh, it's really, really interesting to play or play against the vampires because of that. Well, definitely sounds like a lot of fun. Do you have plans for the next one in mind or is it kind of see how this one goes and then worry about that. Oh, there are always plans. <laughs> um, and, and some of them are personal because there are teams that I want to get in there. You know, I would love to see some of the other teams that I've played over the years introduced. There are fan favorites that people are always clamoring for. Yeah. It, it was really, really tough to exclude some teams from the core set. Originally we had thought, could we create a core set with only four teams? And it's like, no, <laughs> you can't. There are too many awesome teams. Mm-hmm. And there are too many teams that are seen as core teams. Mm-hmm. Um, so I couldn't really see an argument for taking any of those six out. But <laughs> there are so many more to add. Um, and so it was tough even here. Which are the first three? You know, What do people really, really want to see? So in addition to picking good, solid teams – it was also important to consider a good solid theme that can connect them since they're their own subdivision. And then also interesting mechanics and dynamics so that they can play off of and feel comparable to the other teams that you already have. That makes sense. So when you think about it in that regard, 
uh, and this whole idea of themes, then you can kind of think along the same lines that we are about what a new expansion would need to include. Like a Illustria pack with Lizardmen. That's Amazon. Uh, Amazon and Slam. Yeah, uh, sure. I can see that. that. That's a theme. Yeah. Um, so other themes that, that okay. fit and make sense for these teams to form their own subdivision to be able to uh, knock some heads together. Definitely sounds like it's coming along very well. And it's been well recepted and definitely glad there's an expansion coming along because... Well, I like the fact that when he began this, he said the first expansion, so that leads me to believe that there's going to be more, so I'm very happy to hear that. It's very true. You can read whatever you like into that. <laughs> and if that was just, I don't know, some Freudian slip or maybe some subliminal advertising, so be it. Or just wishful thinking. <laughs> <laughs> and do we have a release date or a price point yet? I'm not going to be able to comment on either of those until we have information up on the website. What I can tell you is I actually have a physical production copy in my hands right now that I'm looking at gleefully laughing at you guys <laughs> since you can't look at them with me. Um, oh, let's see. Yeah, we should have turned Jibber, the video Jabber, on. <laughs> Hack and Slash, Jinglin Jack, Emil von Karstein. Let's see. Uh, who else do I have? I've got Luther von Drakenborg here, and I've got Horkin Heart Ripper. And, awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm just having fun. Oh, uh, you tease. So what, can you – I guess you probably can't. Will it make it? For the end of 2012, or do you even know that? Uh, all I can say is we're going to get it to the market as quickly as we can. Okay. It's, a pop- it's a popular game uh, that does well for us. Uh, the fans have been clamoring for one, uh, and we're emotionally invested in this. This is a license that we love. So we just want to make sure that everything in production is great so that it fits in perfectly with what people have from the core set, and it matches the experience that they're expecting. Uh, I, I like to think that we set the bar pretty high with the core set, so I want to make sure that the expansions match. Um, I'll also say that we do have another Morgan Thorg, because he'll play for anybody. Except and, Undead, right? Well, it's interesting, because I, I have to credit my uh, good friend Dan Clark, who works at FFG. Uh, he is a creative content developer and one of the most creative, imaginative people I've, I've ever been around. He loves Blood Bowl as much as I do, and he wrote a lot of the flavor text that you see on the cards. And his quote for Morgenthorg, I just, I love, because I think of all the quotes, of all the flavor, of everything with Blood Bowl, this quote he came up with summarizes what the fluff is all about. I asked Morgenthorg what made him such a stellar player, and he said, I'm so good because I've played for every team in the league, except for the ones I haven't. <laughs> That's a Yogi Bear type quote, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, no, it's great. Not Yogi, Yogi Bear. I'm sorry, not Yogi Bear. <laughs> hey, 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 we got a hell of a game going on here. I'm going to get the pig in the basket. Thanks for making fun of me, fellas. <laughs> Ain't no problem. Hey, I got to make fun of him for a sudden impact earlier. So That's right. Hey, I have the editing power. No one's going to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> well, now they're going to have to, or they're going to wonder what that reference is at the end. I can cut this out, too. Hey. I'm just that good. But I'm too lazy. So, well, we definitely appreciate you coming on. Uh, we'd love to have you anytime another expansion comes out, or anytime you'd want to discuss further. Yeah, oh, absolutely. I had a blast with you guys. Plus, you know, I just love talking about Blood Bowl. Uh, it's a game that that I have enjoyed for oh gosh, to say decades is both scary and kind of uh, cool at the same time. Oh, well, we might have you back on to talk about <laughs> Team Fluff, your own personal teams, Fluff. Oh, and everything I, I'd else, love to so. pull those rosters out, and we can. Uh, you know, have a measuring kind. Of, I mean, you know, a statistical <laughs> comparison. <kind of. laughs> That's fine. We can find out if they're both down approved since we 
preach the the fluff fluffy teams on here. <laughs> now that would be great. I had a lot of fun, guys. Thank you very much. I appreciate you guys getting the word for Blood Bowl out there to the fans. Well, thank you. And now, what's the website that people can check it out at? Uh, for more information about Blood Bowl Team Manager, the card game, or any of the other Fantasy Flight games, go to www.fantasyflightgames.com. And do you know what the Twitter is by any chance? Uh, I believe it is at FFG. That's what I was thinking. You but got it. We'll definitely put links up on our website so anyone who wants to get more information can find out. I appreciate it. Thanks a lot, guys. Thank you. Thanks, Jay. Hello, I'm Torhi Amos, catcher for the Mount Black Hide Beast, and you're listening to Both Down with Steve and Scott. Uh, coming up next is Tournament Talk. Okay, and now we've got Tournament Talk with Nuffleween. Nuffleween! Our Nuffle-based tournament, sort of Halloween-flavored that we held at Wizards Asylum on the 3rd, a couple weeks ago. Yes. And we didn't do a whole bunch of promotion. This was just kind of a, hey, we should have a fun tournament. And we did. So we only ended up with 20 people, but that's still a good showing. It was a good showing. Um, We did some promotion. I mean, we do have a podcast, but we didn't advertise locally like we did for Oklahoma Bowl. Right. And I know that some of the local people... Well, one had a kid two days later, so yep. he was having to put in extra hours at his work to make sure that things went well. Right, and then there was like... Which, congratulations about the new kid, John. Yeah, John has a new baby. He named it after Nuffleween, called him Nuffle. No, I don't know. I, I was Man, teasing him. Man, big props if you did. <laughs> I was teasing him. What did I tell him to name his baby? Uh, Nuffle something like... Oh, God, I can't remember it, but I was I've giving him a hard time. It no was, idea. It was like a dual Blood Bowl name. I, it doesn't matter. Okay. I can't remember, so the joke is lost. Very but, funny, though. Congratulations. We had a few guys from our home league who wussed out on us. So yeah. uh, screw you guys because you had date night or whatever. I don't know how that messes up the next day, but anyways. <laughs> yeah. So uh, Our returning champion did not return. So No, he didn't, but it's a different tournament, so yeah. he didn't have to return. So he's Just fine. You know, that's fine. And we actually had two people drive all the way from Texas. Yes, we did. And not even like Dallas. We had no Dallas people. Dallas people, you all suck. Yeah, where, you, where the hell were you? You guys really sucked. We keep contacting them, and they don't even bother to respond. Well, I know. Except uh, one of them. I know one of the guys that um, the guy that ran Bugman's last year, or this year, I guess. Or the last Bugman's. Uh, right. He's in grad school and stuff and busy, and he said he would not be able to show. That's so he actually contacted us and told us that. But where are the rest of you guys? You're supposed to come up. I wanted Glenn to come up with his Nurgle team. I expected him to be there. One of the guys from Texas, Brad, who actually came up here. He's he man- from Houston. He's from Houston. He managed to make this a business trip, so that was very smart of him. Ah. <laughs> but... He was at Bugman's last year, or last time, and I made the comment of, you know, maybe none of the Dallas guys came up because we just destroyed them so bad. And what did he say? He laughed. <laughs> I don't really think that has... Probably, I don't think our gameplay has anything to do with it. Probably but not. I was disappointed. I was hoping that there had been 
more Blood Bowl people drive up from Texas. But we still had 20 people, which is really yeah. good. We had – Hell, we had Kent and his wife who drove – They drove from it, Austin. Eight hours? Yeah, but Houston's further. It's about the same distance, isn't it? No, Houston's further down. Okay. But, but yeah, but still, yeah, we had yeah, yeah, Austin and Houston. It's a long way to go for a tournament, and not, we really appreciate it. So yeah, it was uh, we. Uh, and of it, course, we got invaded by Tulsa. Had a ton of guys from Tulsa. There's so a many huge Tulsa guys. League up in Tulsa. If they would have brought all their guys from their league, we probably would have had forty people. Yeah, uh, we did have a Tulsa guy back out the day of the tournament. That's yeah, understandable, though. Daniel Gonzalez, I'm going to shout out you right now. <laughs> if you would have shown up, I wouldn't have got to play. So I'm sorry you missed it, but thank you because I got to play. <laughs> so what team did you play? Um, if you follow the podcast or you've known a follow us through Twitter or anything else, you know that I won the uh, – I didn't. My daughter won <laughs> the Nurgle Legacy team that we we uh, participated in and won the drawing. At Chaos Cup. At Chaos Cup. And I know I told everybody at Chaos Cup, like, oh, gosh, I'm coming back next year and I'm going to play this team. Because I said if I'd win it, I'd play it here at Chaos Cup. But just like in real life, Scott blew his wad way too fast. I couldn't resist. I prepped these guys. I got them ready. You know, I had them marked with skills and everything else. I, I, I want to play them in our home league, but we already started our home league. So... I couldn't wait. So Nuffleween felt good, good time to play them because they're scary and everything. And yeah. I came up with a team name, and yes, I played Nurgle already. So you will not see them at Chaos Cup if I'm there next year because I'm trying to play different teams at every tournament I go to until I get through all 24, 25 teams. So, yeah. so you won't see this team at Chaos <laughs> Cup. Sorry. Way to break a lie. Not even – I'm like a politician. A I figure wow. it's, it's okay to do this because it's an election year. Oh, okay, cool. That works. I really had full intent on bringing them back next year to Chaos Cup because it's like a team I didn't have to play, paint. But I couldn't resist. I was looking at them. I had too much fun coming up with their name. Um, so Which is? I decided to try to incorporate Chaos Cup or at least the city that it was hosted in, which is not Chicago. It's actually a suburb of Chicago called Palantine. And so I decided to Palantine sounded like it could be somewhere a city in the old world. And so I decided to call them the Palantine Monarchs. So in my so it's butterfly themed. <laughs> yes, they're butterflies. Oh, okay, pretty pretty butterfly wings no, on every single model. The way I looked at it in the old world, and I haven't expanded as much as I normally do, is that this was an ancient kingdom that got overran by disease, and you know some of the family started worshiping Nurgle and stuff like that, and then so now the whole family and kingdom or what's left of this old kingdom is still Nurgle Rotters going around traveling the old world okay. for uh, Papa Nurgle and stuff like that. So That's cool. And then I also took um, every miniature that somebody painted, a different person painted it. So I got their real names. Uh, Johnny helped me with that because I didn't know everybody's true name. I knew their online name. And I tried to incorporate that into like their each player's name. And, I'll, and I'm going to carry this over when I play these in our home league next time. Very cool. too. So just for an example, like uh, Brian Mitchell painted a, a figure. We all know him as Extreme over on Slurpcast. You know, he was Lord Braun War Mitchell. And, you know, I went with that with some of the guys. You want to know what you were? You, sure. Uh, you were <laughs> Stefan <laughs> de Le- <laughs> Lanteria Verde. So you were Steven the, the Green, Green Lantern. Lantern. Nice. Since you're a Green Lantern fan, and I know you personally – 
the pestigore that somebody um, that um, is it dot d a h t yeah that uh, I think it's Doug Sanders or Saunders who painted that up. He he's the one that modded that miniature with the extra arms and the Nurgle King crown. And oh, everything. okay, yeah. Uh, that pestigore, his name was uh, Kaiser Dot the Whopper King, <laughs> and so so I tried to kind of keep it. Burger Kingish, but also Nurgleish, and then it felt in the old world. Okay, um, Zoot Suit Jeff, uh, he painted a Nurgle warrior. Everybody kind of knows Zoot Suit Jeff. If you've gone to a lot of tournaments, he's the guy with the Zoot Suit on. You Imagine know? that. So he was um, his miniature was the Impact miniature Death looking character for the Nurgle line or Chaos yeah. line. So his name was uh, Death Suit uh, Jeffrey Ridenauer. <laughs> so I uh, kind of just changed his name a little bit and. I had a lot of fun with it, so good. So I'm looking forward to the home league more than anything. But the monarchs are here for n- ner- for Nuffle Monarch. Is that um? What is that um? Wow. The kids, the Danger Brothers. Yes, the Danger Brothers. <laughs> no, the uh, the Venture Brothers. Sorry, the Monarch. I knew. Yes. I should have known you were going to go there. Well, why wouldn't I? The monarchs are kings of Papa Nurgle, my friend. Yeah, Papa Nurgle, come on. They're going to come to the Dragonfire League and dominate, so just be ready. I, doubt I even that, have a cool okay. logo with, like, this lion with a crown on, and he's, like, different colored, and then the Nurgle symbol all kind of meshed together. Very cool. So how did you do? I did fairly well, I guess. I mean, it is Nurgle, so I struggled with what to take. I talked to uh, Jonas that was at Chaos Cup and finished, like, 8th or ninth. Yeah out of 80 people and did really well. I looked at his team builds. I didn't think I was good enough player to play with a beast of Nurgle, even though I wanted to for the fluff standpoint and the fun of it. And I thought it would be fun for a game to play with the beast of Nurgle. And then I thought, I don't know if it's going to be fun by game four. So I chose to drop the beast of Nurgle. I went with uh, four Nurgle warriors, uh, three Pestigores, uh, five rotters because I have to have a bench guy. And yeah. I'm so thankful I did that because I got my ass handed to me, frankly, in every game. I got I was always down a man or two. Uh, I took two blocks on the Nurgle Warriors. I took a leader on Nurgle Warrior, and then I took Mighty Blow on Death Suit Jeff. And then uh, Pestigores, I had Wrestle on two of them, and then Sure Hands on Kaiser Dot the Whopper King. And that's all the skills I had. I had one reroll plus the leader reroll. Okay. Uh, no fans, no cheerleaders, nothing like that. So I came in at 1.1. Not bad. And um, I'm really glad I took the bench guy. Uh, Jonas's build didn't have a bench guy, but I, I'm just not convinced I can play this game without getting hurt. It feels like fumble. All my tournaments feel like, oh, he has nine armor. There's no way he'll get hurt. Oh, he's hurt. He's well, knocked out. It's probably because we're taking too many chances. Well, that might be. We take too. a lot of chances that people don't. You're right. Which sometimes just comes around and screws you in the end. Oh, yeah. I, I threw a couple of passes with Nurgle Warriors that I probably shouldn't have. Speaking of uh, chances that screw you in the end, um, one of our buddies, Adam, was playing his goblin team, and he took Fungus of the Loon. <laughs> yes. And he had a goblin. He's playing against Paul. Really good player. And Paul brought dwarves. He usually plays Slon when we see him right. at tournaments. And Adam had a goblin two squares away from getting a touchdown. And he had fungus there. And he's like, well, I'll just use fungus because if I do hit the guy, I'll have three dice. So he moves him, he moves him, he moves him. And on the fourth move, 
he hits the lone dwarf in the backfield. But what did he hit him for? Just to hurt him? No. What did he roll? Oh, yes. I'm sorry. What did he roll? I was getting to the... You didn't have to interrupt my story to tell me to get to the next part. Oh, no. I was it trying was to just make it logic- dramatic. Oh, I was trying okay. to make it dramatic. Like, what did he get, Steve? He got a skull. Uh-huh. A skull. Okay. And a both down. Wow. And screwed himself. No re-rolls. No leader. Nothing. He just had this dejected look on his face and was like, shit. (laughs) He falls down. Next turn, Paul's dwarf crowd surfs the little goblin into the side, and that was it. The rest of his history, the dwarves beat the goblins. One nothing. And why does that matter? Well, it matters later. Yeah. Paul's team, how many points were scored on him? Uh, Zero. Absolutely none. That would have been the only point to be scored against Paul's team. It would have been. But Fungus Saloon messed that up. Right. Way to go, Fungus. Way to go, buddy. You're not a very good goblin. No, he's not. Um, I will say this. We had 20 people. Yeah. And I'm proud to say that out of 20 people, we had... No fights this time. We had no fights. No fights. Nobody fought. Everybody had fun. Nobody said, your skills aren't marked, shut up, or whatever it was. I can't remember. But, no, we had a, a great group of guys. That I heard no real arguing whatsoever. Um, we had 20 teams there. 15 races were represented out of 20 teams. Which is awesome. And the teams that were doubled up were two lizard men. We had two dark elf, two vampire. Uh, what was it else? Two, two, chaos cha- two chaos. And there was something else, I was thought. Was it two chaos dwarves? No, it was just two chaos. Okay. And then two Skaven teams. Oh, so yeah. So it wasn't even like three dwarf teams, two Chaos dwarf teams, like mm-hmm. you, know, you would think. Three orcs or whatever. Right, yeah. We actually had no orcs. I guess they just don't like Nephilim. Well, they're saving us for Oklahoma. Ah, yeah. I see. Yeah. So um, hats off to the guys for bringing a bunch of different diverse teams, um, play, uh, team names. We had some really good team names. Yeah. It wasn't We Are Green or... <laughs> <laughs> or anything silly like no horse racing team names and stuff. Right. Uh, everybody was fairly, they felt thematic when you played them. And Brad even brought his two stone Hexens custom FF field. And it looked awesome. So cool. It was an awesome field, Brad. FF field does such a good job. You should give me a, a, a ten, <laughs> two stone Texans, Hexens field because i have a chaos dwarf team that would love just to play on that and represent the other chaos dwarves in the old world it's you not think gonna work no that's not gonna work all right although he did forget his ipad and i had to mail that back to him well he should have forgot his field <laughs> so i could have played a game on it. like what field i guess somebody stole that i can't believe those oh people it's probably a tulsa guy i guess <laughs> uh we uh, had a uh, one team that did have a theme that was based off the band ween which went with Nuffle Ween. Oh, yeah. Kent. That uh, was very cool. Yeah, it was uh, Ween in the name of Nuffle, and then he had all his players I, I named doubt Nuffle. anybody knows who Ween is. Oh, there's a lot of people. If they play Blood Bowl, they know what Ween is. They have to. Really? Push the little daisies up. Yeah. Okay, name another song. Um, the Mollusk album. Um, I have that album. Okay, wrong person to ask. Yeah. Anybody else? I have the country Nuffle. album by Ween. There's a country album? There's a country album. Wow. Um, I have to listen to that. <laughs> It's good. <laughs> Dick in the Dirt is a song on there, and it's 
That's a great title. <laughs> and it's, it actually is a really good album for a country album. It's is, still is lean, that, but it's that, a country album. Is that separate words, Dick in the Dirt, or is it Dick in the Dirt? I think it's – maybe I have that wrong. <laughs> I'm waving my dick in the wind. I don't know. It's some dick song. Okay. It's been a while since I've actually listened to the country album, to be honest with you. Okay. I'd listen to them. I have the mollusk on my iPad all the time, so. That's cool. What else do I want to go here? Um, there was a few people, and I'm just going to chalk this up, that they were last-minute add-ons to coming to the tournament. They didn't have their rosters ready or printed out. Yeah, it happens. So all I'm going to say is um, overall everybody did a really good job by being ready and prepared. A lot, lot better than last time. And the organizer did a great job of taking those teams and putting them into the computer and getting them to look nice. The organizer did a great job. In all honesty, I want to give you props. Well, I was going you. to do that a little bit later, but since we're talking about the organizer <laughs> and you're patting yourself on the back, you did a really good job of running the tournament. The, I think we learned from Oklahoma Bowl, and this one went... It went much better. Went a lot yeah. better. Um, Still a couple of mistakes, but that'll happen. Big shout-outs to Alan for helping a lot. Brian helped a lot. Mm-hmm. We and signed up some people for the NAF. Yeah. So that was cool. There was just a few rosters, though, that didn't have team uh, like player names. And all I'm going to say about that is that's fine. It's a tournament. Sure. But I'm glad I didn't play you because I like <laughs> playing people with names on their team. Yeah. And that's just me because I don't want to play the Mr. Incognito 7 or Mr. Incognito 8. Okay. You don't get that reference, do you? There was an old game called Pirates for, like, the computer. And if you typed in your name, you know, you could walk around and it'd be Scott Prime. And they'd say, oh, it's Mr. Scott Prime when you visited islands and stuff. Well, if, okay. you, didn't, if you didn't fill in that name slot and you were just Mr. Blank or whatever, mm-hmm. they'd call you Mr. Incognito. Oh, nice. And it's probably only Gary Brown and Robert Henry, who used to play second edition with me, would get that reference. So... Hmm. Pirates for the computer. Everybody loves pirates. Yeah, they do because there was a, a movie made, adult movie, later. Based on it? No, 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 no. Because <laughs> that will be interesting. Anyways. Hello, Mr. Incognito. <laughs> well, I guess we should stay focused on Nuffleween. Yeah, I guess. Since uh, you didn't get to play because you were running it. Right. Do you want me to kind of go round by round? Because that's the only sure. experience we got. Yeah, let's hear a breakdown of your team and how you did. Okay, so I was playing Nurgle. Uh, first matchup of the day, I had to play a heated rival in Brian Hill. Brian Hill's from our home league, so he's over at my house or your house playing all the time, and he usually kicks my butt. Right. Um, and what was he playing? He was playing the Niflheim uh, Maulers, his chaos team, which I thought that was really cool of him bringing, trying chaos out of the tournament because – that's not the ideal team to play at a tournament. No, we kind of talked him into it, too, because he, he had, like, seven rosters that he was playing around with, and I mentioned... I only saw the Chaos one. Oh, okay, well, so, I mentioned that Chaos would be good, because he already has the models painted, mm-hmm. and he knows how to play them. This is his league team, kind yeah. of. Realistically, they do well with giving him a few skills and having stuff to back him up. Mm-hmm. Not great, possibly, against some matchups, but overall, pretty good. I kind of liked his strategy in this one. He took one of his Chaos Warriors and gave him sure hands. I know he moves a little slower maybe yeah. than the Beastman, but that four strength, yeah, still three huge. agility, it, it frightened me. you know. And I was not so happy that I played him first round. So I thought, okay, well, I'm going to 
Maybe I only get beat two to one right. or something like that. But we played, and I happened to score. I scored first half. I got the ball. Scored um, second half. He started. This is the only time I think I had man advantage on him is I hurt some of his guys and got had the man advantage for the game. But yeah. long story short, uh, he ate a re-roll probably a turn bef- before he should have. I think he thought his touchdown was for sure in the bank. He was just wasting some time, so I wouldn't have a chance to score. Okay. Um, he went ahead and used a re-roll on his Minotaur when maybe he should have just saved it in case somehow I based him or something. He was caging up fairly well. Okay. Uh, I took a shot and got in there. And anyways, he rolled one. It didn't have the re-roll to, you know, dodge away. Or anything. Yeah. So he, he had bad luck. And then I had good luck to sweep the ball out, clear it. And then basically win the game one, nothing. Okay. So I won my first game. Uh, second game I played the, um, I'm a, I probably won't pronounce this right. Is it? Arundel uh, Archers. They were pro elves. Okay. Uh, by Michael Lewis. Really nice guy. Um, he had his players well marked. If they had multiple skills, he had different colors on his bases, which was different. He didn't have like bands or anything on oh, it. Oh, yeah, I saw that. He had like, you know, pink meant they had dodge, mm-hmm. you know, yellow meant catch. Just like or little something. swatches like, of paint. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. So he had a, a pro elf team, which were those. Not war dancers, but the blitzers were a pain in the butt. Um, long story short, I scored, he scored, we tied one-to-one. Again, though, <laughs> he probably should have actually won. I won the game because he rolled bad because he was about to score again, and he just had you know one re-roll one type, type yeah. of thing happen, and that gave me a, an opportunity to sweep the ball and hold in there defensively. So... I tied this game. It was a really good game. He had me a man down, I think, most of this game. I got beat up by elves. <laughs> That's not good. Yeah. Um, game three, I played, um, let's see, I played David Reed and uh, Petra's Golden Avengers, which was a Camry team, which scared the crap out of me. You know, Because yeah. these guys had strength advantage on me. And once again, he beat the hell out of me. And he literally beat the hell out of me. Like, I... Like you had no more hell left in you. No, no more hell in me at all. Um, I ended the game with like five guys on the field, and somehow I kept, you know, Kimry slow paced, have a cage or whatever, mm-hmm. or tr- as much of a cage as I can, and so I just kept getting in front of them and not allowing him to block me, and so I just put up these walls, and then finally it was to a point where it's like, well, he's gonna score soon, so I had to do something stupid, so I dodged away with a. I think it was a Nurgle Warrior. Uh, I went through two tackle zones, made it, because I thought, well, I got 50-50 chance on both of them. Yeah. Tackled the guy. Ball bounced out of bounds. He's like four spaces away from scoring. Ball bounces out of bounds, and it goes 11 back up the field. Wow. Totally throws, you know, momentum. I I get a Nurgle Warrior, two Nurgle Warrior. I'm sorry. I get two rotters and a Nurgle Warrior over in that area. If all I can do is pick up the ball, because he only has one Tomb Guardian, so I'm mm-hmm. knocking him down and he's getting that guy up and putting him in, in the way. If I could pick up the ball, I have two plays to pick up the ball. I have a chance to score and somehow pull out this game one nothing. Well, I can't pick up the ball to save my life. So we luckily, though, I tie 0-0. Zero to zero. Um. There was no stats whatsoever in this game, except me getting. How good did his team look? His team looked awesome. I don't know what miniatures you know for some of the other ones he used, but they they were painted very well. 
They look great. Uh, they had cool names and everything. I'm assuming this is a league team from his Tulsa league. Probably. Um, they look great. So an- another tie, zero zero. So I'm actually pretty happy because this is Nurgle. So I just expected to lose, maybe win one game and lose some games just and, by one point. And if I'm correct, this is your first time ever playing Nurgle. I've right? never played Nurgle. Well, if you count fumble, I played like I think four games. Oh, okay. You know, through the yeah. through the the fumble thing. But tabletop wise, first time I played Nurgle and. First time I definitely played Nurgle probably in like two years because it's been a long time since I played that Nurgle team online. So, yeah, I haven't played them. Um, last game, game four, I go into the game. I play uh, Chris Leonard. He is the guy that you played in the finals at, mm-hmm. at, or one of the final matchups. At, it was at the Buggins final Bowl. matchup. Yeah, you want to say that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it, no, it was. I got you. Yeah. Um, you played him before. You know he's a good player. And he was playing Amazons. No. Well, he was... Oh yeah, against me he was playing. Yes, Amazon. okay. Because I made the we I made a comment of I wonder how well his Amazons would do against a dwarf team. Oh, right. and then he eventually caught on that I played Amazons against his dwarf team, and you were rubbing it in his face. Yes, that you tied him. That I tied him. <laughs> yes. Hey, a tie is a win when you win overall. But yes, he brought a, a Amazon team, so I definitely thought, well, at least I'm going to go one one win, one loss, and two ties. I was already just figured I couldn't handle Amazons. Too much dodge. Yeah, Am- they're easy to smash. Oh, are they? Should be. Are they? <laughs> no. Okay. Well, because they're not. Not with me. The first thing he says, he sits down and goes, do you have anybody to tackle? And I said, no. And he's like, okay, I'm good. He didn't really That's need to see mattered. any other skills. Yeah. Um, no tackle? You don't need to worry about anything else. So uh, this is the, I guess it's Margreta uh, Diestros. Which I don't know what that really means, but that was his team name. Amazons, they were not female characters. They were like these little soldier guys. Um, I don't know what models they were from, if they were Warhammer models or whatever. But like the Blitzers had these cool golden helmets on, like hats. And yeah. the other ones just you know had their normal armor and stuff on. Cool. Um, even though they weren't traditional Amazons, they were still well marked and everything. Them not being females, though, threw me off at first because I yeah. was like, I'm going to make this block. And then I was like, oh, yeah, he's he's a blitzer, not a not a dude. <laughs> Anytime I play against an Amazon team and they're not females, it throws me off. Or Anytime I play against, like, a human team and they are females, it throws me off. Oh, I, yeah, I can see that. We, we only have one female team, so you expect them to be females. Right. Yeah. So, like I said, it, it took me, like, the second play. We are play, Blood Bowl sexists. Yeah, we are. It took me, like, the second play to realize when he was like, okay, when I threw a block against a blitzer that it was an Amazon blitzer, not, you know, a block dodge blitzer, yeah. not a d- traditional blitzer. But, anyways, we had a great, fun game. He uh, he stops me from scoring. So, you know, here it is, 0-0 zero, zero at halftime. He marches down the field. He scores. He leaves me, like, two plays left. And... Just like I thought, I thought, well, I'm going to get beat. Mm-hmm. And sure enough, Nuffle was on my side for once. Two plays left. Best play I've maybe ever made in a tournament. The ball gets kicked to the very – goes into the end zone because he has kick, so he shortens it. It bounces into the end zone I'm like, crap. He spreads the field. So I take uh, Kaiser Dot, the Whopper King. I, first, I move all my guys up, so I at least have an option to throw oh, wait, it to I saw somebody. this, yeah. Um, and I tie as many guys as I can up. I'm still a man or two down. I pick up the ball. 
I go as far as I can upfield. Mm-hmm. No, I, I'm sorry. I had to actually use my go forts to pick up the ball. That was the end of my my play. He he moves. He does some things. He he says he's done. He thinks he's probably okay, and he he probably was. Yeah, because uh, it just took a miracle. So. I then blitzed the guy to get a guy clear with no tackle zones on him. I take the ball, run as far up his field as I can, go for it twice. I had to still throw a long pass with a Nurgle uh, Pestigore. I catch it mm-hmm. with another Pestigore. And, um, well, actually, I dropped the first catch. I had to use my re-roll to catch it. And then I had to go for it twice to get into the end zone. So I won on the last play. I didn't win. It felt like I won. I tied the game in the last play. End of the game. zone to end zone. End zone to end zone with Nurgle. Jeez. How cool is that? That was pretty cool. So I love Not for that. him, but for you. So I went one win and three ties, which I thought was fairly good for me. It is pretty good. So I guess we might as well just go ahead and do a quick breakdown of who got what. Yeah, because people are probably tired of hearing about me playing with Nurgle. Probably. All right. So you want me to go down the list here? Yeah, you got the list. Go ahead. Let me go from best to. I guess Just the highest what trophy. Are, what we gave out. Okay. Um, first place went to uh, Grumbrindle's Starbreakers, the dwarf team that Paul Wright won. Right. That that he brought. And, yeah, he, he didn't get scored on at all. He's a great player. But yeah, he'll be leaving soon, so. He's really good with Slon, <laughs> so he we should have known he'd be really good with dwarves. He changed his team at the last second, too. Probably because he wanted to win. He thought, I better win one before I leave. <laughs> yeah, he's moving to Alabama. But he said, he claims he's retiring, and so he's just going to travel for Blood Bowl. So As I, I expect to see him to other tournaments. Um, second place, because after three rounds, we take the top two teams, place them in the in the final game, and mm-hmm. no matter what happens, where the place is, it's first and second. Uh, second place went to Brian Hill with the Niflheim Maulers, which Dude. is ironic. Yes. And why is that ironic? Because Brian Hill, I think, has won second place in our home league four times? Four times in a row. Oh, four times in a row? Yeah. Oh, it is. He's like the Buffalo Bills. <laughs> yes, he is. Oh, my gosh. He, uh, that's what we should call him. His new nickname's Buffalo Hill. Oh, God. Buffalo Hill. <laughs> oh. That is too good. Oh, my gosh. We got to work that into fluff somehow. Somehow. All right. But, yeah, he got second again. He did really – I mean – He did great. He lost to you, obviously. He lost to me, but he really probably shouldn't have. He should at least tied. He came back on the next three and had good tiebreakers. Mm-hmm. Um, third place, which we call the Delzine Cup, mm-hmm. uh, based off our fluff and everything from our home league, went to uh, actually two people. <laughs> yes. If you were at the tournament, you saw it go to Leland Gross. Yeah, Leland Gross won it at the tournament. Great local guy who came out. It's uh-huh. glad to see him. I think it was his first tournament. He did really well. He did very well, and obviously. He, he had a crap load of casualties. And the true official, after I fixed my screw-up, was... Uh, well, there's no screw-up. This well, is Blood Bowl. Okay. I was bribed into putting in the wrong stats for okay. the last game. Okay. Big deal. <laughs> Anyways, we have two Delzing, Delzing Cup winners. Um, the Castlevania Corpse Carts... Uh, coached by Leland Gross. He won the Delzing Cup that was presented at the time. Right. And then uh, we got to looking at some stuff and had a bird in our ear. And I guess there was some controversy. What is Blood Bowl without controversy? Bribed refs, maybe some rogue, rogue wizards. wizards. Yeah. 
Uh, and Sotek's cuss word, they're also going home in the old world back to Lustria, and they're saying, no, we're the Delzine Cup champs. So, yeah, so the, it might be a little controversy. depends where you are in the old world. But Sotek's cuss word, it's a Lizardman team uh, coached by David Harlan. He also is the Delzine Cup winner. So uh, Yeah, that was my bad. Okay, well, we I all apologize. make mistakes. It was an honest mistake. Yeah, I was looking at his round three results and put him in on his round four results. Which, and normally I go back and double check, but I was also going back and checking for best painted and best, right. most fun. <laughs> so, this will probably change how we do <laughs> results for the next tournaments. Well, we're definitely going to, we've learned Because I don't like these match sheets. Well, yeah, we need to kind of maybe color coordinate them a little bit better so they match or something. I, I have some ideas for you, but we'll talk oh, about yeah. that off well, I can just mark, yeah, okay, yeah. Um, uh, most casualties and you know, how we present awards is just like almost every other tournament here, at least in America where, Share you the know, wealth. a lot of times the top guy has the best defense and probably has the most casualties and maybe has the most. Like we said, Paul did not let anybody score on him. Right. However, he got first. So, yeah. So, uh, most casualties went to the team called the flayed men. Uh, that was a chaos team, uh, coached by golly, my broken glasses. I can't see very well. Uh, Micah. Is it Tollinson? Tollinson, yeah. Tollinson. And uh, so he won most brutal is what our award's called. <laughs> Which is very funny because if you see Micah, he's not very intimidating. He might kick your butt, dude. He might. I don't doubt it. Just because he's a little bit shorter than you mm-hmm. and thinner than you, mm-hmm. a lot thinner than you, mm-hmm. doesn't mean he's not scrappy. It's true. They're wiry true. is what people used to talk in Choctaw. I guess he's an honorary black guy too. Why? That's what James said. Oh, he did? Yeah, he runs around with James and his... "Quote unquote homies." Okay, well, James is African American, <laughs> so if he wants to give him that, then that's fine yeah. with me. Uh, best offense went to the Sadistic Witches of the Dark Elf team by Fred uh, Schwartz. I think I'm pronouncing that correctly. And then uh, best defense went to the Palantine Monarchs Nurgle Rotter team, coached by your very own Scott Delcy and Scott Prime. Congratulations! Boom! Only allowed two touchdowns. Four Not games bad. with Nurgle. Best sportsman. It was the uh, went to Michael Lewis. He was the coach of the Pro Elf team, the Andrell Archers, and he also took the photos. If you go to our Facebook page, yeah, he uh, he took a lot of the photos at the end. Yeah, he had like a, a camera that yeah. you couldn't call out on because I know me and Steve <laughs> have cameras that we call out on. All it took the me time. a second for, to realize where you were going, but yes. He had an actual camera and not a camera on his phone. <laughs> he did. He had. <laughs> so, yes, he couldn't. But in emergency, he couldn't call out. So That's, that's true. The, the good thing is, him. yeah, he breaks his leg out while he's hot, hiking <laughs> in the mountains. He can just take a photo of the mountain lion that's coming to eat him as opposed to calling for help. Right. Yes. Exactly. Uh, best painted went to Petra's Golden uh, Avengers, the Kimry team, by coached by David Reed. Um, we threw this one in just because we knew we were going to have some stunty coaches there. So we went ahead and printed up a best stunty certificate. And that went to the Chaos Cup, stunty champion, Sterling Chargers, the halfling team coached by Alan Kirton. Really? You had to look at the sheet for that? You've known him for how many years? I know, but you know the confession is, is I want to call him Kirrington for some reason. Hmm. And I struggle with it. Every time I see his name, and I'm not lying to you, I've known him for at Weird. least eight years. I don't know why. I don't know why. I even want to spell his name different. So, okay. Sorry, Alan. You're just Alan to me. 
Um, and then last but not least, the back of the pack, it went to the lowest point total. Well, it is last positive. and least. It actually. is the last and least. You're right. It went to the Vampire Team, the Night Watchers, coached by Patrick uh, Hensley, who I don't know if it was his, it was wife or girlfriend or friend friend or whatever. <laughs> she stayed all four rounds and hung out with us, and it was awesome. She del- she showed a lot more pain- patience than she should have. Yeah, she should have. Both, that was crazy. Both lady friends that showed up. Uh, Kent's wife also who sat around and well she went shopping i think some but still yeah. she still put up with us and even went and had some food with us afterwards yeah. and so um thanks for coming and supporting us and maybe next time we'll get break the 25 mark or 30 mark well, i'm sure we better. will but um we'll have more details about our next tournament coming up whenever the hell we give them to you should we say the dates if you want to all right so it is in stone we were if you've talked to us off air, we probably told you that it might be coming in January, but we weren't sure. Well, we pushed that back to March. It is going to be in March, March 9th and 10th. We're going to have actually two tournaments. March 9th is going to be the Oklahoma Bowl. Oklahoma Bowl 2, or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. And then March 10th is going to be the Spiky Cup. And this is not the Spike Magazine Cup, obviously, but it's based off Spiky Norman. The old star player from second edition. Yep. You might see him in some of the Did You Knows or other various Blood Bowl uh, stuff, but yeah, he was a little goblin. Yeah, we're still working on the finalization of stuff, but once we do, we'll update our website, we'll update Oklahoma Bowl, and we'll post it on all the forums. Yeah, so um, Oklahoma Bowl is going to be a four-game tournament on Saturday, and the Spiky Cup, which is a parody of the Spike Cup, kind of, in the goblin world. Is going to be a three day or three day. It's going to be a three day tournament. No, it's going to be a three game tournament on Sunday. The games, the tournaments are two separate one day tournaments, but probably have a overall arching theme and right and maybe something special. We're still working on that. But aside from that, I think we've wrapped up Nuffleween. Yeah. Anything else we want to say? We go we, on Facebook and look at the photos. And let's not forget Impact Miniatures. Oh, yes. Thank you for Impact because we did give away a lot of miniatures to the people who played. Yeah, we did a lot of like what we consider. In between rounds and Halloween-y stuff. Halloween-y type miniatures and mm-hmm. stuff. Like and I also, and stuff. we also gave away some themed prizes, Prizes, I guess you call them. You know the handcuffs I got for best defense? Mm-hmm. So my wife said, these look like those cheap ones. And I said, well, they are kind of cheap ones. And then she somehow finagled them on her wrists and then complained about them hurting her. And then she goes, I'll just break out of them. And then she couldn't. So boom. (laughs) So Uh, I I laughed at her. Yeah. So best defense got some handcuffs. Best offense got a bling clock to wear around his neck. Favorite flavor, flay, flavor, flay. Most casualties got a scythe back of the pack, got a shovel because he's in the back of the pack dealing with all that crap. Right. I, I like some of the giveaways we did do. I like the skull bong, beer bong thing. Yes. That Brad one from Houston. Yeah, it was a skull <laughs> that was like a beer bong. But we gave a lot of fun things. I think everybody had a blast, though. I, I think so. I don't think we had any complaints. And if you did have any complaints and you were there, let us know. We'll yeah. fix it and not invite you next time. You have to give Boom. us feedback. Well, we're going to wrap this up, and then we'll be back with shout-outs. Splash! It's 
Welcome back to Shoutouts. First off, I would like to thank Jay Little from Fantasy Flight Games for just giving us a lot of his time to come talk to us about Blood Bowl Team Manager. And believe it or not, I enjoyed all the uh, talk about the old school Blood Bowl stuff that we had even off the air. Yeah, he and, stuck around for another 30 minutes probably just gabbing. Yeah, so I really enjoyed that. Um, so Great guy. You can... Uh, Check out him, all his games at Fantasy Flight Games. He also does a... He has a website at paintedthumb.com. Right. Just gives his thoughts on stuff. And he also does, is it called geek to game or something like this, which is a convention he actually backs up in St. Louis. I know we don't have this in front of us, but I will. There is a convention in St. Louis in May. And it's called Geek Two Something, and I can't remember the name, but we will put that on our website so you can right. find it. Um, but it and is if a, there are any blood bowlers in St. Louis or around St. Louis, let us know. Shout out, maybe we need we can, to talk to you. Yeah, we'd like to know if there's a uh, yeah, if there's just, people that would be willing yeah. to go to a tournament maybe in May. I didn't say that, but. Yeah. I'm just saying. Yeah, yeah. But, yes, uh, he backs this. It's a tabletop, like, gaming convention and stuff. So props off Seems to this Seems really guy. cool. Yeah. I just don't remember the name. But we'll have it on the website. And uh, he misspoke, and we I misspoke, I guess. The Twitter for FF Games is FF Games. It's not FFG. It's at FF Games. Okay. So just wanted to clarify that. And then I wanted to give a shout-out to your Aussie buddies who are doing the Aussie block dice over on Indiegogo. They are, are these the cool like um, yeah, it's got like a koala bear, bear. Okay. and the leaves and stuff. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, didn't know about it last time, and we can give a shout out now, but it's ending in just a couple of days as of you hearing this. So definitely make sure to go to Indiegogo.com/slash Aussie block dice. Put in your order; they look really cool, and if you don't happen to do that, make sure to make it out for our tournaments in March here in Oklahoma, and I'm sure that we'll be giving some away. Ooh, really? I'm positive we will. Oh. So. Any other uh, block dice maybe coming down the pike? Well, uh, supposedly, Chance is going to be releasing on Kickstarter. What? The, uh, the Fumble Chance, dice. the guy that took over our show? Yeah, that Chance. <sighs> yeah. Um, just, just joking, Chance. <laughs> They're doing block dice for Fumble, but that's going to be on Kickstarter. And supposedly, I think we're releasing this the same day that they're releasing their newest podcast. Okay. And it's going up that same day. So, so these are going to these are going to look like the block dice that are in those little images. Yeah. Okay. They look really cool because a true Fumble block dice would be like a deck of cards, and once you use that six, you don't get another <laughs> six back until you go through the other four, five yeah. numbers. I made the joke that if they were true fumble block dice, then there should be like three skulls, <laughs> one push, and then one of the other two. Yeah. <laughs> no, they, from the pictures I've seen, they look really cool. So, But yeah, definitely going to get some of those. And if I get extras, we might have those to give away at the tournaments as well. Okay. Speaking and of tournaments. Speaking of tournaments, and um, is it 
it's April, or has it been pushed back to? It's May. May. It's May now, right? Yeah. Uh, the NATC, the North American uh, Team Championships, is coming to Vegas. So uh, make sure you sign your four-man team up. There's rules over at North American... Uh, teamchampionships.com. And it is a go. It, it did it, get through 12 teams. They got their initial early bird 12 teams signed up. They've mm-hmm. got five U.S. teams, six Canadian teams, and even one coming over from Germany. That's pretty amazing. That is pretty awesome. Now, Americans, if you want to host the North American Championship, even though it's North American. You mean World Cup champion? We need to win this is what I'm saying. Oh, I see what so you're saying. So sign okay. up more teams. Go out to Vegas. What happens in Vegas stays in Vegas so you can do weird things if that's your thing. And you need to – somebody needs to win this North American championship. And from, keep it in America. Or North America. Yeah. Wouldn't we accept a Canadian team winning it? No. Uh, oh, no? No. Isn't North America us and Canada? And Mexico. Okay. Well, we – But never I'm mind. not going to accept no. it unless someone from America wins. Man, you're you're patriotic. What is somebody that just roots for the continent, like North America? Well, I do that for like soccer, but not for this. Okay, all right. Well, Steam's this is in Vegas. Okay, all right. I want to win. I don't know if I'll be able. To, I don't know if we can make it, but we're gonna <sighs> see what happens. I'm going to be so much happier when my wife finally finishes school, which. I don't even see the light to that tunnel yet. But once she finishes school, I'll have this thing called money. Mm -hmm. I should because she'll be working. And my kids will be older and won't need diapers and stuff and maybe not sick all the time. Yeah. And maybe I can do something. Yeah, and if my job would decide if they're going to end or continue (laughs) Uh or if I get a new job or whatever, then I'll know. But until then, I'm so up in the air I have no clue. It probably really depends on how much stuff – Old comics and stuff I can yeah. sell on eBay to fund the trip. If I did that, I could fund it no problem. <laughs> I'm not going to do that. You don't like getting rid of your old good comics. No, I you don't. You actually have comics that are worth something. Yeah. All right. And didn't you just get a team painted? I did. I'm glad you brought this up. Um, actually, there's, there's two stories here. One, I recommend this to everybody. If you are painting a team for like your home league or for to take to a tournament, finish it. <laughs> Don't paint like the 12 guys you need to go to that tournament and play in that tournament or start your league because you're never going to finish the team. The Oklahoma Ginger Badgers that I started painting myself, I finally finished last night. True story. Yeah, my Amazon team, I meant to buy the coach and the extra stuff, but I didn't when Uh I painted the team. And now that it's completely painted, I'm never going back and doing that. (laughs) I, I struggled. I've struggled for months now to paint this, the last couple linemen stuff. Now, I know I'll probably never have a 16-man roster, but I should sure yeah. like to have those in case I ever – I know it sounds stupid, but I always think of what if we start a league where you say you have to have – you can only take one blitzer, one blocker, one of the specialized positions, and then let's say your 0-16 to 16 models, you have more of those figures or something. You could see the look I'm giving Scott. I know. What the hell? I always think of variances of the game. Like, okay, in this league – We're lucky to get the regular game played. I know, but I just like having those options. Okay, I, I, I understand. Like having, I like having the build options too, you know. Yeah, you know because how, if like, you go to you, a tournament or something, you might take more linemen than skilled positions. Well, a, a great example is in our home league currently, you have the Sterling Long Pigs. Yes. It's a vampire team with nothing but thralls. Right. If you would have bought the standard vampire team, you wouldn't have had enough thrall models. Very true. 
you decided to choose to take a variant. So I like to have these options. Okay, I okay? got you. I like having a 16-player team, too. If I ever sold them, I can say it's a complete team. Yeah. I will almost never buy a team off eBay if there's just 12 models. And that's just me because I know I can't match them. Right. But back to your original thing, I know a guy who can match those. <laughs> yes. His name is Kenneth Baker. And uh, he does painting. Uh, you can find him at facebook.com slash rogue minis. Rogues minis. I'm sorry. Rogues minis. All one word. Um, he's an Oklahoma guy. That How did, you, how did we come across this guy? Didn't you come across him from, yeah, from uh, the Red Dirt Rampage tournament? Essentially, yeah, Facebook. Okay. So he's a local guy. He paints minute he loves to paint. He has the time to paint. He's, he's super quick. He's super quick. Really good. Really good. Um good prices. Everything about it is awesome. Yeah. Um I'm not gonna say the price because I know I don't know if he has the same price. Price will for vary him, by team. It, it, <laughs> it might, but here's what I had. I started a halfling team back in March. Because I play a halfling team in our home league, and I thought I would just slowly work on it. Because I'm I'm painting now. I'm painting the orcs, and well, once you start playing with them, you don't feel like you have to finish them because they're good enough. This is us, at least. We're more gamers than we are painters. Other <laughs> hey. people out there, who different. Well, this is the same team that Alan took to Chaos Cup, and he used enough wings. So yeah. they were painted enough, bare yeah. minimum. Um, so I, I contacted him. I was like, can you just finish these models for me? Can you just put the extra touches on them? I'll pay you. I had some extra money. He contacts me. He asked me a billion questions. Do you like bright colors? Do you like drab colors? Do you like this or that? I like to work off of actually like what real teams look like, just not some scatterbrained idea, you know, randomness mm-hmm. or anything. So he asked a ton of questions, which made me feel good as the guy who's giving him my models to paint. Absolutely. I took pictures of him. He's like, yeah, he evaluated him. He said, it's probably going to be this cost. And then I said, okay. And then he goes, can I strip them? And I was like, what? Because I figured he'd just want to do the job, be done, yeah. move on. He goes, yeah, I'd rather just strip them for you, and then I'll paint them. <laughs> and I was like, okay. So I handed this guy. And he's like, it might take a little bit longer. Yeah, this is the initial thing. I dropped him off. He looked at him. He goes, well, I probably won't have him back to you for a week. And I was like, <laughs> are you kidding me? I gave him like 22 models, two Treeman, Zar the Slayer, a Halfling Chef from Impact Miniatures, and then uh, like 18 Halflings. Yeah. Um, he took the models on Wednesday. He soaked them in, I think it's called green stuff or whatever. Mm-hmm. Cleaned them up, got the old paint off on Friday. Saturday, I got an email that said I have 10 of these painted already. (laughs) And I'll probably have the other ones done by tomorrow morning. And if you want to meet, we can. Now, I did, personally, I asked him not to base them. I asked him to paint the base a certain color because I've been trying to work on getting better at basing Mm -hmm. with the gravel and stuff. So he didn't have to do that. He also didn't paint, you know, I I wanted to paint the numbers on the bases and not on the uniforms. Uh, That's just me. Um, so he didn't have to, to do that. He also, I asked, he doesn't spray coat them. You know, he gives you the model back kind of raw. So you can decide if you want a gloss finish or you want to brush it on or whatever. I'm sure he would have, if I asked, but, uh, I said, I already have the, the sealers and stuff at home. I got these back by Sunday. I dropped them off (laughs) Wednesday, Steve. I got 22 models back Sunday. It's, It's awesome. I brought them over. You saw them. Yeah. They looked really good. Oh, yes. So 
contact Kenneth. Well, if you just want to see Scott's team, I think there are photos up on Facebook.com. Yeah, they're, slash they're up there. Menu. And Brian also used him yeah. to paint his dwarf team. And he used models from the the most current dwarves you can buy from Games Workshop mm-hmm. and a few of the second edition models. They they all went together excellent. Yeah. And um, what's your experience with them? Because you used him for – was he mat- – he was matching some He players, was matching correct? my dark elf team. You, and because I bought some dark elves and they were already painted off eBay, right. yeah, right. And then I bought some extra models and I knew I couldn't match them, but I just gave him the old ones and some of the old ones and the new ones. He painted them and he made them look better than what the original ones were. <laughs> so they're just slightly better, mm-hmm. but like the sideline figures look amazing. Yeah, because you know, they're the S and M type female dark elves, ones. Right. And I'm I'm so happy because like their boots are shiny black, and then they go to the stockings, which are like a a flat black, flatter black, mm-hmm. and just to see that little difference on the heels of the boot is different. It's like damn. Well, when I talked to him, you know, I, I gave him exactly. I just told him what I wanted, yeah. you know, and I said I want like some of these halfling to be African American, you know, darker skin mm-hmm. or African or whatever you, can you want to call black. it. You just say black. Black. They're not African American well, They're not black they either. They're brown. Well, they're not going to be African American when Africa I, I, and America doesn't exist. Okay, well then I want them to be uh darker Midianians. Okay. <laughs> or, or or people from Lustria. I don't know. I don't know how you want to call it, but anyways, darker complected people. Sure. Uh, and I, I said, call them black. Okay. We'll, we'll go with brown. I'll say brown. I want <laughs> okay. some brown people. Um, anyways, <laughs> so I had these halflings. I wanted like 25% of them to have darker skin. Mm-hmm. And he laughed at me. He's like, I've never seen a halfling with darker skin. He goes, but I'll do that for you. And I was like, well, that's what I want. And he made every skin tone on every halfling just a tad different. And he told me that. He's like, I just changed it up so they look like real people. And it was just like... And they look amazing. Yes. So if you want a team painted fast and you don't like to paint or maybe you just don't feel like painting like I do sometimes, if you have some money and it's not a lot of money, contact this guy and he can hook you up. Yeah. Highest recommendation so far. We've seen three things painted by him. Well, four things. I won a team that he painted at... Oh, I didn't know he painted that. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Did he? No, come on now. Oh, sorry. No, I don't think he did. He painted the other team that was there. The winner team? The chaos team. Okay. There were two teams you could have won. He painted the other one. Anyways, yeah. Okay. But yeah, he's awesome. So check him out. Uh, If you want something done, I'm sure he'd be happy to deal with you. Um, Aside from that. Well, we need to just, I want to thank again, uh, Ken and his wife, Melissa, and Brad, all for coming up from Texas, because you guys made the long drive for a one-day tournament, you know. Houston and Austin's pretty awesome, pretty far ways to drive. And I know Brad wrote it off as a business expense, probably, but, or excuse to be sure. it this way, but still he had to situate his life to do yeah. that. So, and like I said, we're giving you plenty of advance notice. Make sure you come down for March 9th and 10th. Yeah. If you have a family function on Saturday, come up Sunday. Yep. We're only having three rounds so you can get back home, get back on the road and home earlier in the day. Okay. I don't have anything else, man. All right. And then I'll just point you towards our Facebook, facebook.com slash both down. You can check out our newsletter if you sign up for that. I'll need to get a new one of those out soon. 
That's at bothdown.com. You can sign up for the newsletter there. You can follow me on Twitter at Kilowog2814. And you can follow me at Fat Finley. That's F-A-T-F-I-N-L-E-Y on Twitter. And you can follow the show at BothDown. Or email us at BothDownPodcast at gmail.com. Correct. And uh, if you like the show, go on iTunes and rate us, please. Yeah, we haven't checked to see if we got any new ratings. Or if you did, thank you. But I guess that's it for this month. Yeah, I'm going to play some Blood Bowl later today, so I'm really looking forward to that. Oh, yeah. You know what? What? Next month. Uh Uh-huh. Anniversary show. Oh, it is. One year anniversary. We got to do something special. We'll probably do something special. So keep an ear out on Facebook or Twitter, and we'll see what happens. Yeah, and probably the next show will probably be more in the middle of the month like this one, right? Probably, We'll get back on track. Well, I think we'll take over the middle. Take over the middle? Yep. I didn't know. We'll figure something out. Yeah. Anyways. We're not dead and gone like, oh, I do. I had one more. Sorry. I didn't write this down. I actually want to, you know, we did the podcast exchange thing where we took over each other's show. I'd like to thank, uh, publicly thank Chance and Drew and all those guys for producing a really well done. Yeah, they did a great job on our show. We did a great job on their show. So I'm just thanking them. Uh, The exchange went pretty well. And um, so we had a lot of fun, and thanks for listening to – I hope we got some new listeners from their side of the Blood Bowl spectrum now yep. listening to both down and vice versa. So thank you guys for doing our show very well. And that's it. See you next month. Both Down is a production of Couch Pirate Radio. Please drop by couchpirates.com to hear more of their podcasts. Mm-hmm.